I am in the top 1%. And that's what makes you just you and me, me. I'm here Hello everybody and welcome back to the Grap Up, the once in a while pro wrestling podcast from your friends here at linktothecast.eu. I am your tour guide through the strange world of professional wrestling, Dave Ryan, and I'm joined on the line by the usual Grap Up crew. First, Mark Robinson, how are you? I am very well, thank you. Pleasure to be here as always. Good to hear, my friend. We are also joined on the line by Jack Lazell, the Roman Reigns of audio. Jack, how are you? Hello. And last but certainly not least, Limerick's own Barry Murphy. The best MC to come out of Limerick in about oh, 10 years. <laughs> and the bar is high, as we discussed it's off air. Sky high. The lads, sorry, <laughs> listeners, the lads before the show, they got a little little history lesson. Uh, but in, in summation, it's pretty much just Wogan and me. <laughs> I mean, and, and what a duo that would be. A galaxy. <laughs> Anyway, we're here to talk about WrestleMania season. Uh, it really is a, a very busy week for, for professional wrestling, not just with WrestleMania and the assorted WWE shows, but all sorts of uh, grapple fucks are happening around New Orleans this week, uh, kicking off tomorrow as we're, we're recording this, uh, going from Thursday right through to Tuesday next week. So there's, there's a lot to talk about, and I think we'll get into it straight away. Before we get into the WWE stuff, though, I kind of want to go around the table here and kind of talk about like the best of the rest there's there's a lot of non-mania stuff happening this weekend some stuff maybe worth checking out some stuff maybe not so much so i'm gonna get a couple of recommendations from everybody here uh see what kind of stuff they're looking out for whether it's a person or a promotion or a match that they're really hyped for uh and we'll kick off with barry well, I'll just get the obvious out of the way. I think everyone will probably mention this, but I am, of course, very excited for Joey Janela's Spring Break number two. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'll be watching that. Uh, that question. I, I was kind of, I was kind of on the fence about even really watching any of the indie stuff. Obviously, the death of Flow Slam has meant that it is a much pricier ask um, this year to to follow stuff. Uh, Fight TV have got some good enough deals. They've got some some bargains, and I. I Kind of, I've decided here, kind of last minute, that I'm gonna, I'm gonna cherry pick some of these shows and watch them. The Janela one is, is uh, uh, right at the top of the list, mainly because I can get up early on Saturday morning and watch it. I think it's yeah. kicking off six a.m. our time. Um, uh, yeah, f- five to six GMT. So um, you know, er- early night on Friday. There's the, actually, and so the other, the, the, the three shows I'm gonna watch are, I think I'm gonna buy the two 
main Evolve shows, 102 yeah. and 103, and um, the Janela show. And so the, the, the Friday night Evolve show starts at like 10. So like, you know, watch that. Maybe get a quick nap for a few hours there in between. Watch the Janela show and then maybe have another nap again Saturday afternoon. Uh, it's going to be a bit grueling, but, you know, um, that, that is WrestleMania weekend now. I mean, it is just wall-to-wall, hour-to-hour. I mean, overlapping in several cases, um, yeah. uh, uh, wrestling. So, yeah, I'll be, I'll be grabbing the Janela show, obviously, with that just completely insane card. It's a, it's a one-of-a-kind show, uh, especially looking forward to uh, Nick F. Engage versus Pentel Zero M. Mm-hmm. Um, I am very much looking forward to that and I, I'm not really much of an Evolve guy in fact it's not a promotion I really care for at all but they have put together some really fun cards across the weekend two two good cards I mean it's, I think they've evenly spread out their great matches uh, uh, Darby Allen versus Keith Lee Darby Allen versus Walter AR Fox versus Will Ospreay uh, Ring Comp versus Jacka and Chris Dickinson. I think the I think these are really, really, really solid cards um, that I'll I'll jump in. And hey, you know what? Maybe I'll maybe I'll love it and I'll 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 become an Evolve guy. Although I don't think so. Um, and those are all on the Fight app as well. I I cannot wrap my head around the the WWN's uh, subscription gimmick, so I'm not even going to bother trying. I'm just going to yeah. buy these shows one and done on the on the Fight uh, app. Uh, and there's usually the annual tradition of the WWN live streams caving in uh, when everybody goes to watch them. So Fight TV might be the way to go. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully, and hopefully, like whatever technical failure they will absolutely have, hopefully it's on their website side and not on the the actual venue side, so that yeah, the yeah. Fight app goes on on uh, unhindered, and I can just uh, laugh when the progress stream goes down um, uh, because I won't be watching that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's. I think. I think there is a lot of great stuff. I'm. I'm never really one of these people who tries to watch everything. I think there's just too much, and there's a lot of the same guys on the show. Uh, on the shows, you got Osprey doing seven matches. I think over the course of the weekend, Matt Riddle and Pentagon. I think are two other guys who are showing up pretty much everywhere. Um, so. Uh, so yeah, those. That, that's my. Those are my three. And if I can remember to check it out since it's free, I might I might pop my head in that old uh, Impact versus Lucha Underground show as well. Oh yeah, that's uh, airing live on Twitch, isn't it? It's on Twitch. It's a great card. I think they've actually put together some cool stuff, and uh, and it's free. Yeah, so I you know I throw Impact a bone. I think they're working hard in a lot of ways to kind of get the get the name value up there. This is the, this is their first year ever, I think, doing Mania Weekend stuff. Yeah. And, and I, I do appreciate that they've thrown it out there for free. They've kind of said, hey, look. We're not going to ask you to pay 15 quid on this hyper competitive weekend when we have this very weak brand. So, you know, I think I think putting it out there for free with a good card, which they have, is a good idea. So I'll, I'll probably check that out as well. Jack, what about you? Is there anything from that uh, the, the non-WWE side of things that uh, has piqued your interest? Uh, yeah, so rather than kind of looking at whole shows, I just went and looked at matches. Uh, yep. that, I, that I think would be pretty awesome to to witness, and I'm going to start uh, with my three. The first of it is Joey Janela's Spring Break. Now, last year, this was awesome. It was like such a a bizarre collection of individuals, uh, specifically Marty Janetti's match, which just descended into absolute mayhem. And it was peak. like a performance art piece. It reached peak when Virgil was there holding a chair with marty janetti in a ring full of dead people and i was just like this is i mean because it was on in the morning as well 
So I'm watching this on the fucking train to work, which God knows what like the other commuters <laughs> of the middle class like suburb of, of Hertfordshire that I'm from would have thought if they'd seen what I was watching over my shoulder. But yeah, Marty Giannetti was hella drunk. Um, so I don't think they'll have that problem with anyone this year. But my God, James Ellsworth versus Matt Riddle. Yeah. <laughs> what a combination of characters. The, the promo video for that match is excellent. Yeah, well, it's just Matt Riddle's face when he's just like, like, James fucking Ellsworth? <laughs> <laughs> like, if it was just him doing that and it was six seconds, I'd want the match. But yeah, it's it's like cutting hyper-serious James Ellsworth doing it as if he was going into his like first major MMA fight or something. And the other half, just Matt Riddle going like, what even is James Ellsworth? He doesn't even have half of his face and all this sort of crap. It's it looks brilliant. Like I'm really excited to watch that. Uh, my second choice was briefly mentioned by Barry when he was running through uh, the Evolve stuff, and that would be AR Fox versus Will Osprey because I Mark will attest to this when he first started showing me PWG back in the day, maybe. Five, six years ago, AR Fox was absolutely my favorite guy just because I like a lot of the flippy guys are very artistic and precise and are hitting things. AR Fox isn't any no regard for his personal health and will throw himself around like an absolute nutter. So to see the combination of that in, in the same ring as Will S. Osprey. Uh, as a performer, obviously, not Will Ospreay the human, because he's been having a rough time of it lately, hasn't he? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm very, very excited for that. I, I don't see enough AR Fox. That's my my main problem. Like I I know he's out there and, and on the smaller promotions, but I feel like I need more AR Fox in my life. So I was hyped when he was going off against the man that Gravity forgot to Will Ospreay. Um, so I think the final match just because there's one man in this match who is probably the legit scariest wrestler I've seen in many years and is now pulverizing people's chests versus a man who also has no regard for his own well-being but to probably the most extreme level of anyone around at the moment and that's Darby Allen versus Water. Like, oh my God. Like, what is Darby Allen going to let Water do to him? Like, will he let him chop his actual face off? I, I genuinely believe it's possible. So yeah, I'm 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 massively massively hyped up to to see that. Uh, and I suppose a sneaky one as well is also the the combination of Tomohiro Ishii and Punishment Martinez and the ROH Supercard of Honor. Like if you look at that ROH Supercard of Honor, it's like yeah, that's a lot of guys I expect to see. Blah blah blah. Wait, Punishment Martinez versus Ishii? What? Yeah. <laughs> like I was going through all of them this this morning, like when Dave said that we were going to be looking at some of the extra stuff, and I was just like, "Oh my goodness me!" So yeah, as a spectacle, I, I've basically just chosen a bunch of things because, again, Barry, you went before me and you stole my point. It's a lot of the same guys. So when I see a lot of the guys facing each other, I'm like, "Yeah, cool. I like and respect all of them," but. Most of my matches are guys facing guys that are just a little bit off kilter, a little bit something different or a combination of people that you wouldn't really expect to see. Uh, and yeah, I just like the chaos of it all. Absolutely. Mark, now you're you're usually the, the low man on you. You get you last year, if I recall correctly, you got burnt out on all the uh, 
the the mania weekend content that was available for us um how are you feeling about the the non-mania stuff this year what, what are you looking forward to i'm not even <clears throat> gonna attempt to uh catch up on on pretty much any of it um other than the the ring of honor show which was just kind of briefly mentioned and i don't know it's weird with ring of honor in that they're doing the biggest gates they've ever done yet like interest with that it's it's hard to know what the kind of core audience for ring of honor is these days um is it just that north american bullet club fan type of fan is that is that all that's watching ring of honor it's it's hard to to tell but like the card that they have for super card of honor is um like legitimately a really good looking lineup um i mean cody versus kenny omega has been um a, a wonderfully built feud over the past few months um with pretty much everyone you know the hardest of the hardcore detractors and naysayers against cody rhodes uh, pretty much all of them are like, okay, yeah, he's firing in all cylinders and is the most interesting he's ever been, whether on his independent run or his WWE career. Uh, he is as good as he has ever been. Uh, and on the other side of that, you have Kenny Omega and what more really needs to be said. Um, so I the think... The best that... suit thing was great, by the way. The what? Oh, the best suit. The yeah. best suit thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I I think this, this could be a very very good match um one of the better matches of the weekend um i think that dalton castle who's coming off of what i think is probably the best match i've ever seen him have with jay lethal at the 16th anniversary show is going up against, going up against marty skull who's just coming off of a fucking incredible match with will osprey at um sakura genesis uh i think that skull is a perfect fit for the ring of honor world championship scene I think that he could easily be Ring of Honor World Champion. I don't think he will. Uh, I think Castle will retain. Um, uh, I feel that they're going to try and double down on Castle because, I don't know, I, I don't feel like WWE have feelers for Castle at the moment, which has kind of been the big yeah. issue with Ring of Honor for the last year or two. Yeah. Um, so, like, uh, I think it'd be good to kind of push him and, and you know, give him a, a, a worthy uh, championship run. Uh, and you can always come back to Skull at another point. Yeah, um, I, I also think they held off on giving him that title for so fucking long that to take it off him again this quickly, yeah, it, it would kind of feel like an anti-climax. Yeah, uh, I think that Hangman Page is another guy who is about as interesting as he's ever been. Uh, I, he's up against Kota Ibushi, and I mean, it's fucking Kota Ibushi. Um, he's probably not going to have fireworks, but, you know, I expect he will try and moonsault off of the balcony, so... Uh, that I, I think I think he'll he'll plan out his match based on the list of things that are banned in New Orleans yeah. by the, the Athletic <laughs> Commission. Uh, you've got SoCal Uncensored against Flip Gordon the Young Bucks in a ladder match. Uh, I mean, any time you have the Young Bucks in a ladder match, it's usually insane. Um, I wonder how much more kind of story based this will be, considering Matt Jackson has been heavily. Uh, playing his back into a lot of matches recently. Um, so I wonder how they'll play into that. The aforementioned Tomohiro Ishii versus Punishment Martinez match, I think will be great. I really liked Punishment Martinez versus Goto, and Ishii is that type of wrestler, so I think that could be good and physical. 
And then um, the problematic uh, men of the moment, Mark and Jay Briscoe, uh, against Jay Lethal and Hiroshi Tanahashi, which is just a, a, a crazy uh, combination of wrestlers. Mm. Um, their match at the 16th anniversary show with Machine Guns was a bit disappointing, but uh, I, I think that, you know, Jay Lethal is, I think, arguably one of the better wrestlers in the world right now, and fucking. Hiroshi Tanahashi is one in a hundred, one in the century, so that could be really good. So I think that the, the arguably the Ring of Honor show could be one of the better matches of the weekend, and has a chance of being. I think I don't know what the the NXT uh, setup is, but it could be the the, the second highest attendant attended show of the weekend, uh, which considering it's going up against NXT uh, is a real testament to. I don't know Ring of Honor's kind of business plan at the moment, I guess. Um, but certainly as well, obviously, the drawing power of Kenny Omega, because I don't think he's doing anything else this weekend. Um, so, you know, Ring of Honor have that in their back pocket that, you know, arguably the most interesting wrestler in the world at the moment is on their show. Um, and, you, you know, that you can't argue with that. So, yeah, I, I think the Ring of Honor show could be really, really good. Uh, I, 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 If I see anything else from the weekend is in that four and a half upper echelon of stars... Um, so probably anything with Zack Sabre Jr. or Will Ospreay. I will check it out, but there's just fucking, there's too much. Uh, I remember when I went to um, Atlanta, and there was a Dragon Gate show and a Ring of Honor show, and that was it. Uh, it's it's crazy. How, I mean, it's, it's awesome, because obviously, you know, wrestlers are getting booked and wrestlers are getting paid, uh, and that's awesome, but it is, it's a little bit too much, I feel. Yeah, um, so to kind of come on to mine now, um, I think one of the ways we were, we were talking about how like it's all the same guys and run different shows. So context is important. Like, what are they doing? Um, and I think one of the ways around that is something like Jack already talked about Joey Janela's spring break is this idea of a themed show. That's uh, kind of something a little bit different, a little bit fun. It offers you something unique as a concept um, as opposed to just like a standard card with the same guys you've already seen on evolve or progress or, or what have you. Um, and the one I want to bring attention to here rather than Joey Janela's spring break is um, Matt Riddle's blood sport which is happening on Thursday night and the, the kind of gimmick on this show this is by Game Changer Wrestling the same uh, company that are promoting spring break but uh, the gimmick on this show is that all matches can only end by knockout or submission and they've kind of just loaded the show with tough bastards and uh, my first strong recommendation for that uh, is off this card. And it's Matt Riddle versus Low Key. Two mean men kicking the bollocks off each other. <laughs> and I cannot wait. Um, was very much impressed with um, getting to see Low Key in person finally last year at World Tag League in Oberhausen. Um, unfortunately, he pulled out the tournament uh, early because of a really bad hamstring injury or ACL or something like that. But he, he's back now, and there's probably no one I, I would rather see him against in that kind of like really stiff, almost shoot fight style of a match uh, than Matt Riddle. It's it. Uh, and just the idea that Matt Riddle is working so much over this whole weekend and just one of those matches is against low key, that would be plenty for me if I were him. But uh, he is he is a crazy person. So looking forward to that card and looking forward to that match in particular. But that card also has like Walter versus Filthy Tom Lawler. Masada versus Martin Stone is a really strange match. Uh, yeah. Dan, Se Dan Severn versus Chris oh. Dickinson should be good. Um 
interesting at least to see that 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 mustache in 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 flying form in the ring but yeah matt riddle's blood sport is, is one i'm looking forward to that kind of like breaks the the somewhat monotony of just standard wrestling card with the guys you've already seen all weekend um Mark kind of hinted at anything that Zack Sabre Jr. does is probably going to be good this weekend. And one of the matches I'm really looking forward to is Evolve 102's main event, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Matt Riddle. Um, Zack has just been, even for Zack, I think we'd all agree, he has been on a tear the last few months uh, winning the New Japan Cup, having just a, just a fabulous match with Okada last weekend at Sakura Genesis. Um, and I, I'm really, really looking forward to just the, the the kind of like the the on the mat grappling with the both of them have the kind of like hard bastard striking element to their game as well. I think this is like a really perfect tough fight of an evolve main event. So I'm definitely um looking forward to that one and i think the the other my third recommendation will be a joint recommendation that will be probably the the alan forell special two of the matches he would be looking forward to most over this weekend and they're both evolve matches um the dream match on evolve 102 of sakamoto and sawa against ringkampf which will be just an absolute belter and then the main event of uh Evolve 103, Matt Riddle and Daisuke Sakamoto will also be uh, quite something to behold, uh, I think. But I, I think we've all kind of given a good flavor for there is so much going on over this weekend. And whether you kind of do that, uh, the, the kind of flim flamming with Fight TV so that you get yourself a couple of free shows for the shows you're getting. Um, there, No matter what your taste is in professional wrestling, there's something for you from the kind of silly stuff like Spring Break or Pancakes and Pile Drivers all the way up to the kind of very serious kind of evolve and and, and ring of honor and stuff like that so there's, there's something for everybody and that's one of my favorite things about the way wrestlemania weekend has gone like too much for some people again like it would be impossible to try do it all um but you know more power to those people it's kind of one of the things almost more than mania itself it makes me jealous of not being there that there's just so much different wrestling going on that i'd love to go to a bunch of different shows but uh anyway Let's move on to uh, WWE because it is uh, their weekend. And I just want to talk for uh, like just just a couple of minutes uh, see if anybody has any impressions about it. We, we've got um, the Hall of Fame will kick off WWE's weekend. And uh, in many ways, um, it's kind of it's a weird thing. Uh, the Hall of Fame, like it's it's kind of good, kind of bad. My favorite thing of the last few Hall of Fames has been the incredibly awkward red carpet pre-show they do for it, oh, where they yeah. try to, they try to figure out things to say, and almost annually, and Mark will attest to this because it's our favorite thing to look out for in the Hall of Fame. Dean Ambrose will show up drunk and try to hit on the woman he's actually already married to. <laughs> <laughs> so looking forward to that. It'll be tough to top. I think it was last year where he showed up with like the top three buttons of his shirt completely open and he was wearing sunglasses inside at night um, and just kind of swaying as he was talking to her. <laughs> it was great stuff. But uh, the, the the Hall of Fame, just to just to go through the list here, couple of couple of strange ones here and i'll throw it out to you guys then uh we got goldberg ivory jeff jarrett 
Hillbilly Jim, Mark Henry, the Dudley Boys. Uh, we got the Warrior Award then to Jarius J.J. Robertson. And then the Celebrity Wing will be... Uh, we will be joined by Kid Rock. Uh, immediately oh. go to Mark for a take there on <laughs> the, the class of 2018. I'm trying to think if I've seen Kid Rock live at Mania. I can't remember which ones he's performed at. Um, uh, he did 25 anyway, because... He, he that was the one where he did the the concert the, that lasted like 15 minutes yeah by the law of averages i probably have seen him um i don't really have a take on kid rock <laughs> um i don't know what, I've heard. what take there is to have but yeah it's a it's probably one of the more interesting lineups they've had for um a, a hall of fame uh, show in some time like there have been interesting candidates or in interesting people that have gone in each year but just as a whole selection of people um and you know there are some deserving names i think um goldberg goes about saying uh, i think mark henry over the last five or six years or well, he's obviously been on the 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 downside of his career for the last couple of years but he had that kind of hall of fame run which was the best work of his career and and highly enjoyable stuff and then there's fucking jeff jarrett you know um i guess it shouldn't come as much of a surprise now we saw ultimate warrior go in a few years ago really at that point anything is possible um yeah but still i mean you know there was a few people that just were straight up uh on that no-go zone and, and jeff jarrett was one of them and i don't know whether it's the, the issues he's had over the last year or two with uh, alcoholism um, or whether, you know, Vinnie Mac is getting in on that pyramid scheme. I don't fucking know, but <laughs> he uh, he's in. And I think that by the looks of the video, he's been inducted as like that mid-90s WWF run of Jeff Jarrett, which isn't really the best run of his career. But um, I think that he is is worthy, really, just because of, the, the impact he's had, like if you look at a lot of the the main roster guys they have at the moment, a lot of them have all come through because of Jeff Jarrett, uh, and I think that he's worthy of uh, uh, being in the Hall of Fame for that, if anything else. Um, and then yeah, and there's a few other people. I I don't think I've ever seen a Hillbilly Jim match. Um, and Heyman inducting Goldberg would be really cool. So yeah, it's you know it's the Hall of Fame. I, I I'll probably watch the YouTube clips and. Um, I'm, I'm sure the people that will be there will have a really fun time. Barry, Hall of Fame, class of 2018. Yeah, uh, are, you, are you raging? You're not there for Jeff Jarrett going in. Oh, got it. You know what? I'll probably I'll probably watch Mark Henry's induction. Yeah. Um, I like Mark Henry. I think he's an interesting guy. Uh, interesting career, ups and downs. Uh, yeah, no, I have no interest in the rest of it. It's always really long. A lot of it's really boring. The crowd is annoying. Um, you know, so yeah, I'll, I'll, I think I'll be skipping. There, there was that one year where like they or the, those couple of years where they made everyone cut their speeches really short and I think that was when they edited the show down too much and it was too short because I remember it was it was it Steve Austin only got like less than 10 minutes to speak about his entire career um, yeah I, I think that was the year where I think those were the times when the the main way you watched it was on USA so they, they yeah. cut it down hugely and now it's gone way the other way where I think like I, I, I I, I still have nightmares about like Lita's speech or Beth Phoenix's speech that oh, went on forever uh, or any time JBL is inducting anybody um, because that man loves the sound of his own voice. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's not really 
um there's not that one name that makes me go this is this is a can't miss hall of fame like there's not a flair or anything like that even though I, I did love goldberg as a kid jack what do you think of the whole hall of fame this year kid rock you know just gotta show <laughs> some love detroit <laughs> motherfuckers detroit uh now that that's out of the way i i can see what you mean goldberg i think because he kind of isn't necessarily known for his on-mic ability. He's more known for standing in smoke and fucking jackhammering dudes. I guess people might look at it and think, uh, maybe his speech, blah, blah, blah. But I thought when he came back, all of his promos were great. So I am actually looking forward to uh, to seeing what he's got to say for himself. Specifically the fact that Paul Heyman uh, is introducing him in. I, I think that's a very bizarre choice. Uh, I don't know if that was Goldberg's choice or, or whatever. I, I wasn't really aware that these two even had a relationship before uh, the whole Brock Lesnar I, I did, thing of I last year. I did read year. up on that, and um, from the run he had last year, um, he made a relationship, basically, with uh, Heyman. And yeah, Goldberg actually did request for, for Heyman to induct him. I guess, like, I would have... I, I think I think Jericho would have been quite a funny choice uh, to induct Goldberg. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, just just to undo all that goodwill they'd done, giving them that last run. <laughs> yeah, or, like, Goldust, you know, could come out and fucking put a wig on him or whatever. Oh, um, just, just, just to hear David Bryan complain about it at the stupid mailbag thing on the Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I always love Edge and Christian talking about anything. So looking forward to seeing them induct the Dudleys, who are also two really great dudes who I kind of feel like are overdue being in, involved in something like this. They are probably the most like widely traveled and well-known tag team in wrestling for like the last 25 years. I, I don't know if you guys would go along with that, but that they absolutely deserve their place in that. Oh, yeah. and, and yeah, and Edge and Christian, I mean, uh, if you listen to the podcast, I'm not guys, but just uh, I find those guys so fucking entertaining. It's unbelievable. Like I could listen to them speak about pretty much anything. Uh, their show was a bizarre nightmare, but I loved it. And yeah, that would be good. Uh, and as for anything else, yeah, if Big Show does come out naked, like he looks like he is in his promo to induct Mark Henry, then that will also be huge pop. <laughs> Have um... you seen it, by the way, that photo? I have not seen it yet. So they've got like <laughs> they've got like Mark Henry like in the foreground like and it's like inducted by Big Show and then it is Big Show shirtless but it kind of like <laughs> yeah. it, it kind of fades down around like where the top or the start of his trunks or jeans or trousers or whatever would be and it just looks like they've edited his lower half out because he was naked at the time that he took the photo. It's just weird looks like a trippy nightmare it looks like something someone's created and, and, and tweeted around but no i went to the website it is the actual photo so yeah you guys can <laughs> you guys can all enjoy that it's the the long rumored return yeah, of new it. year's baby big show um which i think we'll all be looking forward to let's move on to actual wrestling now and nxt takeover orlando uh not orlando new orleans um yeah they're so close aren't they so this is kind of um as always, we kind of look to NXT uh, on these big WWE weekends to be the best wrestling show uh, that WWE puts on all weekend. But I think we'll and we'll talk about it later that 
WrestleMania this year is looking very strong, so it's going to have to be a very good NXT card to uh, to, to top what the, poten- the potential Mania has. But uh, let's let's talk about this show anyway. We've got, um, I, I think, the most anticipated match on this show because I've been building it for God knows how long, and that's Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa uh, in the unsanctioned match that will get Johnny Gargano rehired to NXT should he win the match. Um, the job they've been doing... Uh, building this match has been just utterly fantastic um, all the way back to when they were a tag team and we were all kind of pretty much for the entire run of DIY I don't want to speak on everyone's behalf but I think a lot of people from the very moment they started teaming up in NXT we were waiting for Ciampa to turn on Gargano it just felt like it could happen at any minute uh, and still kind of surprise everybody when it did yeah, they, uh, they left it so long that you that you almost put it to the back of your head because you're like, yeah. there there were so many obvious times where they didn't do it. You're like, oh well, they, if they let that go, then it's definitely not coming. And then just as you let just as you let that thought into your your head, they did it. Yeah, it, it it's just been a marvelous split. The angle they've done with um, Gargano uh, being cost his job in NXT uh, by Champa. Uh, Chamba attacking him after him having that legit five-star match with uh, Almas at the last takeover. Uh, just just everything they've been doing. I'm really, really looking forward to this match. Uh, Jack, I assume this is one of your uh, the, one of the ones you're looking forward to the most of the weekend. Oh, yeah. I mean, this... I don't think... No, I don't think there is a better built match for the whole of the weekend. And I'm talking all promotions, all everything. Yeah, pro- probably not. Apart this from maybe, is... may- maybe uh, Kenny and Cody. Yeah, potentially. I guess in that case, it'd probably be better or worse built, depending on your opinion on the show. If you watch Being the Elite on YouTube, uh, but in terms of like what they've done and put out on their actual products, it, it's just they've done an amazing job. The matches that they had when when they were DIY were just world class. Uh, and the Champa coming back and just hitting him at the end of the last show. Like, the initial extended him just destroying Gargano to the point where it's like the Simpsons stop, he's already dead, gift comes into your brain, and then he just <laughs> carries on beating him and beating him. Uh, but then at the end of the last show, I just love that Champa just comes out, just gives him a one good smash. And then it's just like his prone body while his like missus is standing over him, like sort of half shielding him, half looking terrified. And Trumper's like expressions, like the way he's grown his beard out and it's like flick with gray, it just makes it, he looks like a complete nutcase. Um, so it, it's brilliant. It's been so good. So yeah, I'm, I, I, is this opening the show, guys? Like if you're looking at this card, does this open the show? Because it kind of looks like that's where they've got it positioned at the moment. Uh, Mark, we'll go to you for that. Um, possibly. I think it's either closing the show or opening the show. Um, I don't really see where it would go in between. Um, I will say that I don't care for, and I never care for, um, the whole. Oh, this player will be. Uh, sorry, this wrestler will be fired and gone. Like we have on the main show for Mania as well with uh, Kevin Owens, Sammy uh, McMahon, and, and Daniel Bryan. So that part of the step and Gagano being fired, like it does add an extra element to the match, but I 
don't think it was really necessary to tell the story of, you know, Gargano looking for revenge. I think that the original attack by Champa and then the um, the follow-up attack at the end of uh, Gargano's NXT Championship match, I think those two things alone were enough for this match to have the hit, the heat and the emotion that it does. Um, I I wonder what they'll do. Like, if Gargano loses, will he go up to the main roster? I hope not. I feel that this feud has kind of like the Owens and and uh, Steen and Generico feud of Ring of Honor. Like, this has a lot more that they can do with it. And like the original match that Generico and Steen had about four or five months in. I think was a, an unsanctioned match, um, and that led on to further things. Um, and the way that they incorporated that was with the inclusion of Steve Carino and Cole Cabana. So I wonder how they would do that here, whether they would include um, uh, Johnny Gargano's wife, whose name just completely, Candice Lurie, uh, and, and, and another female valet. I don't know who they would want to do, but you know, the, there's enough... Um, female wrestlers that they could pick from or if they wanted to get another two male wrestlers involved in some description who knows um but i think this will be physical this will be violent um i you know i expect this to be an excellent match filled with emotion and uh you know gargano is one of the best wrestlers in the world right now i'm concerned about champa because i don't think he's 100 percent um but this is the type of match where you can work around that and i'm sure they will because they're both very good very clever wrestlers with that kind of thing even if they're a bit mad sometimes for some of the shit that they do uh but yeah i i expect this to to be great barry do we get johnny gargano's triumphant moment of victory or is Champa ready and waiting to be the top heel in NXT by sending Gargano off packing to SmackDown to take over his uh, his old gimmick as a fighting champion of Luxembourg? I I don't know because it's 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 <laughs> like they've they've beaten Gargano so much and it, that's not even necessarily a bad thing. Like it's he really is just one of those characters that people kind of want to root for him and. And, uh, and and see him win. I mean, even when he was still in the tag team, they lost more than they won, and um, that's kind of his appeal. But I don't know. After all this time and all they've done, I mean, I can I can I can see a world where he loses and he sent packing, and then you you have a year of Champa as a top heel. You know, maybe Black wins the title, Champa chases for a while, Champa gets it, and then he reigns as a reign of terror. Um, and that's perfectly fine, but it just feels like you have to give the fans something with Gargano after a while, I feel like. I mean, that is the point of a character like that is, yeah, you can beat him like a drum, but they have to get something eventually. And if he's not getting it at WrestleMania weekend, I don't know when he's getting it. Um, so I would hope they give him a win. I think I think Ciampa's character, you know, he, he's a coward and he's a... He's a, a snake, and he always attacks from behind. I think, I think when they, when they come man to man, I think the logical right story to tell would be that uh, to be that uh, Gargano wins. But I I wouldn't hate either result, honestly, and I I can't wait for this match. We have a triple threat tag team match for both the NXT tag team titles and the Dusty Rhodes tag team classic trophy that pits the undisputed era. Uh, who are champions against the Authors of Pain and the dream tag team I didn't know I needed until they formed it, Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne. 
we'll we'll go to Mark for this one first. So this one's a bit weird um, because so Adam Cole is doing double duty effectively because uh, Bobby Fish is out for about six months. Um, so it kind of makes sense in a way to do the match like this. So you know you can have two tag teams in there take doing most of the grunt work. Um, so Adam Cole doesn't have to you know kill himself considering he's in a ladder match as well. Uh, the the Dusty Rhodes Classic this year has been a bit mm, lackluster compared to, to years prior. Um, but I really like the Office of Pain. I, I think they're a tremendously fun tag team. Um, I like the combination of Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne as these two wrestlers who have a mutual respect. They're not exactly friends, but you know they get shit done and they hit hard and that's good fun. Um, and, you know, we kind of had the return of Future Shock, who were uh, a really good tag team. Uh, it sucks that uh, Bobby Fish is injured. Um, you know, I, with him involved, this w- would be um, even better. I like Cole, but, you know, I, I think Bobby Fish is is, uh, is an unsung hero of that trifecta. Um, but, yeah, it, it, I don't think this will be as good as... What was the, the triple threat tag last year? It was a DIY... Offers of Pain and The Revival. I don't think this will be as good as that, because uh, that was a real kind of like peak moment of the tag team scene in NXT. But mm. I, I can't see any reason. I, I, I imagine that Strong and Dunn will be hyped as fucks, but particularly Dunn for this, um, to be on this stage. Uh, and, and you know, for still as inexperienced as The Offers of Pain are, they always deliver. Um, so I could see this, yeah, I could see this being really good. I have no idea who comes out on top, though. Barry, how perfect a summation of uh, the way they've been booking Adam Cole so far in NXT would it be if he lost twice on the same card? Yeah, I mean that. I I don't know that I necessarily see him winning either match. So uh, so I think that might happen. Yeah, he he may well be going up. What's your take on this match? I, I don't really have one. I'm not, I I don't watch NXT religiously. Uh, Adam Cole hasn't done much for me while he's been there. Although I did really like the Alistair Black match. Um, but yeah, I, I can't say I've been following NXT too closely. I watched a lot of the key segments with Gargano, and that's been about it. I, you know, a lot the week to week TV doesn't do it for me. Even though the takeovers are, of course, uh, you know, perfect. Yeah, I get caught up in the video packages. That's what they're for. Uh, Jack, so uh, as Mark was saying, the, the, the Dusty Rose Classic, it's, it's been fairly lackluster this year by comparison to uh, previous years. Uh, but has the addition of the team of Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne uh, made you take a bit more interest? Has, has this added a lot to the match for you? Yes, it, it has, because until a few weeks ago, I didn't know that Roderick Strong and, and Pete Dunne were a thing. I it's it's awesome when you've just got two really technically sound guys. They kind of just don't necessarily have anything for, but they kind of want them on the show because you know that no matter what match or situation they'll find themselves in, they're going to deliver. And it's kind of what DIY is really like. Champa and and Gargano, sure they're pals, but like they don't really look like a tag team necessarily and stuff. So it it was kind of a similar situation there. Um, it does end my uh wish that roderick strong would go and team with aj styles so they could be the kings of strong styles uh oh, that would nice <laughs> that would be good I, I i did actually think that they could just call like they could easily make up um british strong style t-shirts and just have like british be like pete dunn's face and then <laughs> roderick strong on the strong 
uh, and I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how mad progress would be about that. But hey, what are you going to do? Um, so yeah, this is uh, an interesting match. I can't see Adam Cole and and Kyle O'Reilly necessarily coming out of this with the titles because it just it doesn't feel right that they would have someone in there that's you know not actually I don't know it's it's difficult it's difficult for me to pick a winner I think authors of pain are always great and I think they'd be the safest option but it just depends whether they have any long-term plans for what they want to do with the title but it would be pretty great just for a little while to see uh, strong and done hold the titles until they bring somebody in to, to sort of take it off them so I think they make for a nice little transitional tag team champion so I'm going to back them and be excited to watch this. Yeah I, I think uh, just to wrap things up and then move on uh, I, I think Roderick, and, Roderick Strong and Pete Dunn are probably my picks for this match uh, just based on like Jack was saying there uh, the, the future shock reunion I don't uh, see them winning here uh, I, I, I see them losing the titles and I, I think Authors of Pain are would be among your odds on favorites to get called up on Monday or Tuesday. So I don't see them winning the NXT tag team titles. Uh, if it was just for the Dusty Rhodes trophy, I would have said, okay, maybe they'll send them out on uh, being the two-time winners of the Dusty Rhodes Classic. But the fact that the belts are on the line has made me doubt that they'll win either. So uh, it'd be amazing to see Pete Dunne win an NXT tag team title. It'd be, it'd be awesome. Um, but moving on, uh, Ember Moon is defending her NXT Women's Championship against Shayna Baszler. Now, we talked about this on our, on our last wrap up. They had a, a, an okay match, I suppose, on the on the last uh, takeover. It's kind of a match where, when I watched it live, I thought, "Oh, that was because it had a a feel to it, like it was it was a fight." But the more I've watched it a couple of times over again, because that was a great takeover card. Uh, and I like it less now because I think much as Shayna has this great persona of being a killer, uh, there's just something missing when I, I watch her in the ring. Um, I'm not really invested in her in her matches or her appearances in the ring. It might be just me, but um, I, I, they're kind of booked into a corner with this that I think you take a lot of the sting out of Shayna if she loses again. Um, and I think Ember's kind of, she waited around for so long to get that NXT t- uh, women's title and it was kind of just handed to her almost like she didn't beat Asuka like everyone thought she was going to. Um, she kind of just, she got the title Asuka vacated rather than uh, beating this phenomenal champion for it. So her reign as a whole has kind of been a bit lackluster in that respect. Uh, we'll go to... Uh, Barry first. What, what what do you think about this one? That this could go a couple of ways. Uh, yeah, I I think um, I think Shayna should should win. I'm just not into Moon at all. I think we talked about it as you mentioned there last yeah. time we covered a, a takeover. I'm just not into Moon at all. I I really like her in ring, or I liked her in ring in you know, on her indie days NXT. I still enjoy it, but I just feel like I, the character is just such a roadblock for me that I can't get into yeah. her. Plus, as you mentioned, I, I, I don't think they should have Shayna uh, lose again. Uh, at least, uh, you know, for, for her character. I mean, the, there's just not a whole lot of, of uh, like, redemptive qualities. That sounds really harsh for Moon, but, but what I just mean is the character is what it's going to be, whereas Shayna, I think she can really... Uh, gain some momentum if she wins here. I think it's tough for like a, a badass MMA character like her to lose again. 
uh, and continue to progress as a real threat. I hope I hope the match is better. I hope they maybe have learned from some stuff that maybe didn't work last time. Uh, and, I, and you know what? I would probably expect that they will. I, I don't see I don't see this match under delivering. I think I think they'll probably roll with it. I think the the agents in NXT will probably roll with it and, and learn from what happened. So I'm, I'm actually I'm, I'm reasonably interested in this one. Mark. Yeah, I'm kind of just um, looking forward to when the the Kodakais and Kyrie Sains are in the championship picture. Um, I could see them putting the belt on Shayna Baszler and bringing Ember, Ember Moon up. But I also think that if they do that, that character will die a death um, on the main roster. Uh, it's it's barely tipping above water as it is. Um, again, just what is her character? It's... Yeah. It's, it's, it's like what it is is it's like she's, got, she's there in the ring. She's, she's, she's good in the ring. The look is cool, but there's no character behind the look. It's like, why does she look that way? Why does she dress that way? What's the fucking deal with the contacts? Is she a vampire? Is she a werewolf? What's I, happening? I've said it before. She's an autistic werewolf. That is her character. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't really know what you can do with that. Um, the thing as well, like, I wonder how quickly her finisher on the main roster will get fucked up because, I mean, it's in NXT that, you know, they have more time to prepare. Uh, I don't know. I, I could just see a lot going wrong on, on the main roster a lot quickly. In terms of the match, uh, I thought the, the the last NXT match was actually... I, I enjoyed it. Um, I do think that Shayna should just kind of go in and kill her, um, particularly if Ember Moon is going up. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think this just kind of needs a bit of fresh blood in it. And um, yeah. I don't think the Ember Moon title reign has been a failure, an abject failure. Um, but I just, I just still, as we've all kind of mentioned, and we've said, whenever we've done preview review shows talking about NXT, it's just, I just, what is that fucking character? Um, but you know, she had a, re- a great match with with Oscar, where she should have won the fucking title, um, or maybe in, in hindsight or in foresight with Asuka actually remaining undefeated on the main roster, which I don't think any of us would have seen. Um, probably it was good that she didn't win it, but still, it it, it has had an, a detriment detrimental effect by the way that she did win it, as mentioned. Um, but yeah, I think Shayna wins it here. Jack, do you see the the best way forward for the NXT Women's Division being uh, Shayna as the heel champion, with with all these kind of baby faces in waiting, like the Dakota Kai's and the Kyrie Sains that uh, that 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 Mark mentioned on the chase? Is is that the way forward you'd prefer? Sure, I mean, it just kind of depends what their long-term plans are with, with Ember Moon, who I kind of feel is like um, sort of one of the the background, like, X-Men. Like, so one of the people that's sort of drawn in the background when, like, gather around, everybody, Professor Xavier, and then she's just there. And no she's one's Jubilee. Really... Yeah, exactly, she is. <laughs> like, no one's really sure what her powers are. Like, it's kind of ambiguous, but she's in every scene. You know, she's just there. She's like the Hans Mole Man of the X-Men, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is Hans Mole Man? No one really knows, but everyone kind of likes him, and he falls over sometimes. Yeah, um, like she's really... 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. I, but it's it's totally WWE or NXT's fault that I don't really care about any of these characters or their motivations. Shayna is legitimately tough and she looks cool. But I see this gimmick now a lot in, in the indies of like the sort of hair, cornrowed, badass MMA, like fight girl thing. Um, and there's not an awful lot that really separates her from from a few other people that that are doing that at the moment. And yeah, it's like it's one kind of, of her friends is going to be doing it the following night. Yeah, so it's kind of their job uh, to make me care about that and to to make me understand what Ember is. But like stripping all of that away, it will be a good match. It will be a fundamentally sound match. I kind of feel sorry for them if they immediately follow Gargano versus Champa though, because yeah, that's. That's a death spot, and there isn't normally many death spots on an NXT card, but I think that could be one here if it were to to follow that. Uh, We have a ladder match for the inaugural NXT North American Championship that has a couple of debuts in it. We've got Adam Cole, Killian Dane, Lars Sullivan, Velveteen Dream, and the debuting, or the re-debuting EC3, and the debuting Ricochet. Um, a this is of a fucking like, collection of people, isn't this it? Is, now? This is a collection yeah, of humans what the hell? in one match. Like this is really like uh, this could be it, just in terms of sheer chaos, the 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 biggest spectacle of the weekend of, of match because there are so many different types of human in here. There's lots of flips, lots of like a couple of really charismatic weirdos in here. Um, that it, and Adam Cole. Uh, there's a, a a couple of ways that this could go. Uh, before I, I throw this off to Wunny, uh, I really like the look of this North American Championship. The Triple H debuted in a very strange segment in what seemed like his sex dungeon. Um, How fucking brown was he, by the way, as well? <laughs> He's got his wrestling yeah, what was up on, baby. He, Jesus. He was the more, he Guys, was the more interesting looking guy. He looked like he was made of milk chocolate. He looked like his own Hall of Fame bust. <laughs> <laughs> his own bronze statue. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I like the look of this belt. Uh, I think it looks like an old, a real old timey wrestling belt in terms of the shape of the actual strap on it. Uh, I, I like it, and I think, you know, people were kind of making fun of that. We've already got the UK title and North American title. Maybe it isn't the greatest name for the belt, but at the same time, I like the idea that there's a non NXT championship championship for people to be going to because that roster is so bloated now that one of the problems with NXT week to week is that there isn't a belt being defended on the show or there isn't like for vast swathes of the, the, the roster. They're just having meaningless matches. Uh, rather than actually going for the world title, because obviously it's one at a time for the world title picture. Um, so I like the idea that they have it. Um, it's it's now the, the return o- of the territories, except the territories are now fucking countries. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, and the other thing I Do want we, to... Do um, we think that NXT needs its own version of NXT now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's called Progress. Hey! And then the, the one other thing before I throw off to, to one of you guys here is that EC3's NXT theme song is fucking fabulous and everybody should listen to it. It's it's like a Lonely Island song and I love it so much. Uh, Barry, wh- what do you think about this? This is a really tough match to, to see exactly how it's going to pan out. Well, it'll be... I've, there's no way it's not going to be excellent. I mean, God, yeah. it would have to be a disaster for it to be 
to be uh, any kind of bomb. But uh, yeah, it's a bizarre collection of people, but it's a super talented collection of people, and it may be. Actually, you know what? I'm. I. I don't think I want to make a prediction over the course of this show that X will be the best match from WWE this weekend because it's such a densely packed weekend for them. Yeah. The best they've had in years. I think that would be a fool's errand. But um, I mean, it's going to be crazy. I mean, it's going to be absolutely crazy. Um, I think it's very deliberate. I saw some people wondering, you know, if you in the last few weeks, if maybe the SmackDown tag match might be a ladder match, or maybe they'd make the the, the Intercontinental one a ladder match. I think it's pretty strategic that they only wanted one. You know, they've got a lot of matches this weekend. You don't want to have on top of all the other gimmicks you got going on two ladder matches. You know, so NXT gets the the clusterfuck ladder match of Mania weekend, which is usually great fun. Um, and I got, I mean, there's no reason this shouldn't be as good as the best Money in the Bank matches. There's really not, especially because you got the debuting Ricochet in there, who's probably going to do all his, all his, pretty much everything he does, I'd imagine he's going to do in this one. Yeah, especially when he has such gigantic, freakish humans as Killian Day and Larry Sullivan to catch him no matter what he does. Um, it's go- it's going to be wild. Uh, Mark, your, your thoughts on this one? Trying to the side i mean there's not really much to talk about in terms of the match because yeah it will be mad um but trying to decide a winner is like because you can't really do process of elimination because i don't see any of these guys going up to the main roster because you've got two that are are debuting or re-debuting um you got Lars sullivan who still has a lot of work to go you have velveteen dream who has the character down but still is a bit rusty at points you have Killian Dane, who are just, I don't know, I, he's a part of Sanity, and... They, uh, they really like him. They Robert, do like he, him. He, he, is, he, was up, he was up in the, 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 the Andre Battle Royal last year. Yeah, and he's kind of been like a sort of gatekeeper-type role for, uh, you know, anyone that's being pushed up to that next level. Um, yeah, his little, his little feud with Aleister Black on NXT TV yeah, has been yeah. fantastic. And then Adam Cole, I mean, I don't know what they'll do, whether they'll continue... Like, if he continues being sort of the de facto leader of the Undisputed Era, that puts Carl O'Reilly in a bit of a weird position. So I could kind of see them continuing as a tag team for the time being. Um, so, yeah, I don't know who who, who takes this. Um, I could see them going with EC3 because he does, yeah. he, you know, he does have a presence about him that does say uh, championship material. But he's also kind of a boring wrestler. Uh, which is is a problem. Um, hopefully he can work on that, and, and he shows more uh, other than that one Rockstar Spud match, which was great because of Rockstar Spud. Um, I could see them putting on Velveteen Dream uh, as well. Um, yeah. But, but it kind of depends as well, like, what they're going to do out of the main event. If, if Black wins the title, uh, who does he go against? I could see them going straight to a, a rematch with Velveteen Dream and Alistair Black, but... You know, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, I don't know. It's uh, fuck it. They'll probably put it on Lars Sullivan. <laughs> uh, yeah, J- Jack. What, what's your your thought on this collection of humanity? My first thought was just, I'd love it if Killian Dane won it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just came and just beat the living piss out of a lot of them. Uh, the, just. It would be amazing for like the first uh, North American champion to be from Belfast as well. <laughs> like just <laughs> utterly bizarre thing to go in the record books and see. But yeah, I, I think I would agree with Mark's sentiment towards the end of what he said there. I think they stick it on Dream. I think everybody is really 
kind of excited about the reactions that he gets and he just is a star in the making yes he is a little bit rusty but i think giving him a run with this what is essentially going to be like a television title from now on would uh would really endear him sort of to the fan base and he it would give him more reason to be in more matches that were on NXT TV and I think would just genuinely improve him. Um, not that he necessarily needs a title to elevate him, but I think the moment of him winning it would be huge. I, if you look at this, aside from Ricochet, who we all know and we all love, um, because it's his debut, that's what kind of probably thinks that they don't necessarily give it to him straight away, but... I think the biggest crowd reaction would be for Dream winning this. And NXT big shows, most of the time they tend to give the audience what they want. I don't know if you've noticed that, but people come out of those shows feeling real happy, usually about the outcomes of matches or at least what they've seen, even if it isn't a thing. But yeah, uh, my final point is, is EC3 the new Bobby Roode in the sense that his theme tune is probably better than he is as a wrestler? Yeah, although I will say I I enjoy EC3 a lot more on the microphone than I do Bobby Roode. Um, I I think he is like like Mark said he's he's a bit boring in the ring, but I think as a man uh, cutting promos or even especially speaking off the cuff, he's he's fabulous at that. Um, and I could see because NXT also has that love of giving like a long run to to a heel uh, that I, I could see EC3 taking it and having it for a while. Um, moving on to the main event now, and the greatest man on the face of this earth, Andrade Cien Almas, is defending his title against Aleister Black in what... It, it would be nearly impossible not to be an absolute banger of a match. Uh, Almas coming off, as we said before, the five-star match with Johnny Gargano, now coming in with the the, 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 the hottest act in, in NXT, Aleister Black. Um, this... Is this a rematch of last year as well? Did the, Was it Aleister's debut last year against yeah, Almas? Orlando. Yeah, it was, like, it was like right as he was turning heel, wasn't it, Almas? You say turning hill, more being forced yeah. to being a hill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this was like at the point where they did like almost the Carlito thing, where he was just appearing completely disinterested in wrestling and just leaving in a limo with a bunch of girls to his club. Uh, I imagine there was a lot of art imitating life there. And at that point, I think maybe that match with Alistair Black was the, the, one of the best matches he had had uh in nxt but now like night and day a year later like i said he's the greatest man in the world i love andrade cianama so much and i love Zelina vega as part of that act so much they are just fantastic shitheads <laughs> um <laughs> and he really does like he you know he, do, he doesn't speak a lot of english but that man in every motion and every action carries himself like a champion he like he looks the the real deal and she is fantastic as his mouthpiece i, I just love the act but uh yeah w- what do we think of, of this match I- i'll go back to jack we were just talking with jack so what what do you think of this one i'm really excited because i think these it's it's funny actually you were just saying like almas doesn't speak a lot of english uh they don't really let alistair black say much either so this championship match is literally which one of these two guys is going to be better in the ring on that day 
and when they do stuff like that i usually really enjoy it so that as a story for the match makes me quite happy because they haven't overcomplicated it too much and yeah th- this is the time isn't it this is them putting the title on alistair black and then us seeing what what happens for him in the future i i think he deserves it he's he's really like some guys go to to nxt like i know you've mentioned adam cole and stuff and they're either similar to what they are on the indies or they are kind of a bit less maybe where they might have an edge taken off their character i think nxt has elevated alistair black with all of the production values and and things that they've been able to do for him and the music and the entrance and everything since he's been there so i think i'm really looking forward to seeing him atop the mountain and i think the body of work that he's put together over the last year the matches and everything it's going to be great to see him as the reigning champ and that takes nothing away from almas who as you mentioned dave is one of the greatest men in the world and yeah he's a perfect foil in this match with all of his gimmicks and nonsense versus alistair black's just straight up i'm gonna kick you in the face exterior barry it's a tough one to call isn't it it's it's the it's the matchup between like the, the irresistible rise of, of alistair black and the kind of desire to put the belt on him uh, after the run he's been on versus you not really wanting to end the run of a man who building up to and winning that NXT title has been the making of uh, an Almas. Yeah, but one thing I will say, though, is that I feel Almas got so thoroughly over in the Gargano feud and he so definitively beat him and that's the funny thing about the Gargano story is that it has shifted back to Ciampa without Almas having to give up a loss at the most important point in his career so I feel like we're at a point now where where Black I I like a lot of things about him but I do think the undefeated thing is is one of his strongest uh, strongest aspects of his character and the presentation as as, uh, as has been previously mentioned so I think I, I would definitely be going with Black here. I think he's the guy who could probably suffer the most were he not to win. And Almas, I think he'll be perfectly fine without it. Um, and, you know, I, I'm sure Gargano could get his revenge on Almas at a later date in a non-title match. But, uh, uh, yeah, I think I think Black wins here. I think the match should be great. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. It's an interesting match. It's a match you'd never really see anywhere else. Uh, I don't think these two crossed paths before this. Uh, yeah, and I think I think Black's your top face on NXT going forward, and I think Ciampa is probably the big program for the next takeover. If not, well, yeah, yeah, the next one probably, yeah, because it, it, it's it's far enough away that they can tease it out for a few months and, and, and clash at that. Uh, yeah, that'll probably be great too. Mark, I'm pretty sure Black has a loss. Uh, yeah, Adam Cole beat him. Wait, does he? Yeah, yeah Adam Adam Cole uh, beat him like cheated to beat him. Um, oh, did he really? I think uh, he to, to qualify for that uh, that fatal four way. Yeah. Um, the thing that I like but about he, this match... he hasn't he hasn't had a legit loss. No. Um, the the thing okay. that, the thing that I like about this match is that it is the two biggest, uh, almost pushed or whatever kind of factors you want to use. They're the, the, the two biggest stars, um, the two most important wrestlers other than, say, Gargano and Ciampa, but, you know, they have their blood feud match um, on the roster. And it is the match to do for what is 
you could say maybe the Brooklyn shows are the biggest NXT matches of the year, but this is then the the second biggest show of the year that NXT do. Uh, and um, it's that kind of perfect combination of where these two characters are, and you can make arguments to go either way. Um, uh, very similar to a lot of, of the big New Japan matches where you can always make uh, an argument whether to go with Okada or whoever he's up against that month. Um, and so because of that, we are in a position where it's like it's, it's hard to kind of say who's going to win this match because you can make arguments for either side. Um, and I like that. I like the intrigue of this a lot more than it's pretty obvious that Roman Reigns is going to win and it's it's probably more than likely that Nakamura will win. Where here, we there isn't a definitive winner. I, I do think you can make an argument either side because uh, Almas, this reign could continue on. He could just dominate the, the rosters. There's real just like complete reverse of what that wrestler and that character was a year ago. Um, especially if he continues to have matches like the one he had last uh, in January with with Gargano, um, and then you know Black has has been pushed pretty much as as perfectly as you possibly could do, um, and he has a he's ticked a lot of boxes and um, really silenced a lot of people that critiques parts of his indie work which. Parts of it were, uh, I, I do think that, that there were accurate uh, critiques to make of him, um, but I think he's he's you know just done so incredibly well in NXT, uh, and and I you could put the belt on him, and you it'd be hard to make an argument against it. Um, I think Black wins because I think that there are more heel wrestlers that he could go up against. Um, and I think that they could do a kind of lengthy run with him. And I could see Almas uh, appearing on the, on the main roster. I could see him appearing on SmackDown, um, given that they, they threw him in the Rumble. So, yeah, I'll go with Black. And I think this will be a great match, obviously. Moving on now to WrestleMania, the, the big show of the weekend. Um, we got a lot of matches on this show, so we'll, we'll try and, and clip through it as, as quickly as possible. Um, we, we got a loaded pre-show with three big matches on it. Uh, not really interested in having the uh, what should or shouldn't be on the pre-show debate, because that's a stupid debate for wankers. So we'll just breeze oy, right past oy, that. Oy, 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 oy. Don't, you, don't, don't you shade me, Dave Bryan. Don't you shade me, sir. Justice um, for justice for 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 Ali and Alexander is I I say. So we've got a pair of battle royals and the the cruiserweight championship match happening on the pre-show. So just to kind of take those three, we'll we'll get a kind of observation of those three matches as a whole. We'll go around here and we'll start off with Barry. With, with my first question to you being Barry, do you happen to have any observations <laughs> regarding the women's battle royal or the trophy? Therefore, well, it's. It's a uterus. I mean, it's a uterus. <laughs> I mean, it's a uterus. It just is. This is like a fuck you to the people who caused the fuck cat- uterus. It's a fuck. It's a fuck uterus to the people who caused them to melt down their fabulous moolah. Uh, she 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 melted away like the the wicked witch of the west. Um, so very true to life. Um, <laughs> but- they, they melted it away like like so many forgotten Snickers in my back pocket. Um, 
but uh, but yeah, so that's so that's a uterus. But oh anyway... my god, I'm just seeing it now for the first <laughs> time. <laughs> it even has fallopian tubes, guys. Yeah, oh yeah, oh it's accurate. It is accurate. Jesus Christ, it is extremely accurate. That's not um, even that's not even subtle. Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking. It's like the um, Men's Battle Royal being sponsored by, like, Jimmy Dean's Sausages or something. <laughs> uh, now I want to find... Oh, who was it? Someone made a Photoshop when they did the UK tournament, and it was the Dynamite Kid Memorial Sky Remote Trophy. <laughs> who did that? <laughs> From that, that documentary where he had his Sky Remote talking about Benoit. Oh, God. Anyway... So anyway, the weird thing about this match, other than the uterus, is um, uh, that I, they've, they've uh, uh, crowbarred in the Sasha and Bailey program into it. I was a little bit frustrated with that. I thought it could have had a standalone match. I thought it would have been pretty interesting to have, um, you know, a, a fourth women's match on this card, fifth if you include the Ronda one. Yeah, but, seemed, you know... That seemed to me uh, very much like Vince took a look at the card and went, how many women's matches? Yeah, well, you know what? We'll take what we can get. Three three matches is pretty good. Four if you include the Stephanie thing. I mean, that's that's pretty good. And plus, I think it's, it's good to have uh, mid-card stories woven into these battle royales so that there is a reason to care. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll come down to Sasha and Bailey, and they'll have a good five, ten minute stretch, and all will be right with the world. Uh, don't really care about the men's one. Uh, I mean, that that thing has been just such a flop since they started it. It really has. Um, and yeah, I wished I wished the cruiserweights were on the main show. I think they deserve it. Two hundred five live has been. Oh, pardon me, has been killing it recently. But uh, I mean, what are you going to do? It's still it's still the cruiserweight division, you know. Uh, Jack, your your thoughts on the the, the array of pre show matches, uh, both uterine and non uterine? <laughs> I never thought I would ever hear another person <laughs> say what you've just said, Dave. Um, <laughs> I I I think the battle rules are always good, though. So I'm looking forward to to watching both of them. I mean, it, they could pretty much go a few different ways. So I think it would be an awful lot of me reading through speculation, but. I agree with Barry's comment of justice for Alexander and Ali. Ali has really been the sneaky MVP of 205 Live. Like, he has had some of the best matches by far. Like, I I saw him... I I went to a a SmackDown live show in London because I got free tickets. Shout out to Ian's cousin Donald for getting me those. Good lad. Uh, And Ali just had a fucking phenomenal match on there like the crowd started like not giving any part of a shit about what they were seeing and then by the end of the match Ali was like and including a box full of people by the way who were more interested in drinking beers and ordering things to the to the box than they were about watching the match but getting excited about that and it was all because of Ali so yeah to see him uh Relegated to the pre-show when you could probably have this as an early show match is a little disappointing. But then they kind of have to do what Neville and um, who did Neville face last year? Austin, Austin Aries. Aries. Yeah. So they kind of have to do what Austin Aries and Neville did, which is get the crowd whipped up into a frenzy and, and just have a, a great performance. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Mark. Um. I, it's hard to care about 
the battle royals because um, it's it's kind of <laughs> no, it's just... anything it... could have followed that. Yeah. It's just hard to care. It's hard to care is the classic Robinson epitaph. But I mean, no. But I feel I'm justified in that statement considering we're talking about the battle royals here because, like, after the first year where. Um, I mean, there was a few factors with Cesaro, but it was quite obvious that they weren't ever going to do anything with the winner. Um, and last year with Mojo Rawley, that was more just to have that moment with whoever the fuck that guy was. Gronk. Sure, that guy. Don't, um, don't you disrespect Robert Gronkowski. My apologies. Um, I find it hilarious that Dolph Ziggler is in this match, because... That fucking storyline went nowhere fast. Um, and, I mean, I guess I could see him winning it, because I, off the top of my head, actually can't really think about who the fuck is in this match. Um, but I saw uh, Big Bread Basket win it, and, you know, like, once you've seen Baron Corbin win a Battle Royal, you, you're pretty much kind of set. Uh, the women's one, sure, get all the women on, that's fine. Um, I'm fine with that. That makes sense. That sounds exactly like Vince at the book in the and it probably yep, was. Sure, get yeah. all the get all the women on. And I expect it will come down to Bailey and Sasha Banks. That is the the logical uh, thing to do uh, to continue that storyline. Um, and I could see Sasha winning it. And then, so I think did I think Austin Aries and Neville actually opened Mania last year? No, no. That was pre-show. pre-show. Shane, Shane and AJ opened the no, show. No, sorry, as in um, they opened the pre-show. Um, they, and that's what I yeah, expect yeah. Ali and um, so, no, Alexander to I, I think that they'll actually have the two Battle Royals, um, or maybe even they might have it in the middle. But I yeah, think I think that, that, I don't think they do back-to-back Battle Royals. But I think they'll at least do it at a point when there's more people in the arena than, you know, when we saw... Uh, Ryback and Kalisto have a match in front of about five people. Um, I, I think that the Cruiserweights will get a little bit more of a chance than that. Um, and the key thing is, I would like to think that with this new direction um, that the 205 Live division has, that they have more opportunities to actually just wrestle the way that they should be wrestling. Um, I think that a, they'll be given the time, and B, they'll be given the space to just do whatever it is that they need to do. Um, now, that might not be the case, because this is the first time where we have a... Uh, other than Raw matches, if I, I don't actually can't think of, of Raw Cruiserweight matches that have happened since um, Triple H took over 205 Live, but this is the first kind of big match that's happening that isn't on 205 Live, so obviously it's not you know entirely produced by Triple H. So that makes things interesting, and I don't know how that will turn out, but I would like to think that they'll just give them the, the time to go and do what they need to do, and you know, if they weren't going to be given that on the main roster, then I'd rather just, they did it here. Um, and I would like to think that this will be an incredible match. Um, yeah, the Mustafa Ali promos have been just fucking incredible. Um, and I could see him taking it, and I think he should. Um... So yeah, that that's kind of it for the pre-show. Yeah, uh, moving on uh, to the main show. Uh, I'm just gonna tackle these in in no particular order. Uh, we'll start with the U.S. title, uh, a fatal four-way uh, that was thankfully made into a fatal four-way and not just the three-way it originally was going to be of a uh, Randall Keith Orton defending against Bobby Roode, Jinder Mahal, and another of the greatest men in the world, Rusev. 
Jack, could this be one of the the moments you talked about of sending the fans home happy by just putting the belt on Rusev because he has been just colossally over with the fans the last few months. This crowd are gonna be so ridiculously like into Rusev in this match, and I think it's very fitting that on Rusev Day, Rusev <laughs> would win. So yeah, it's it's set up for that. It's Randy in another one of those I uh, kind of have to eat shit spots. I think when everybody's really excited about the the prospects of Rusev winning and has you know after ha- has anyone ever had a more fast ha- have a more fascinating like list of WrestleMania matches than Randy Orton because he has just been on every. It's a real list. rogues gallery. It really is. Like if you look back, like because they had the um the triple threat from Mania Thirty, which you kind of forget he was in that match because obviously it was all about Daniel Bryan. But then you go next year where he's second on the card against Seth Rollins, and then um I can't even remember what he did in, on Mania Thirty Two, and then Mania Thirty Three he's fucking. He was he was injured, wasn't he? He may have been. And then the year after, he's in the WWE Championship match. And now he's, you know, possibly opening the card here. Just the fucking weirdest, like, WrestleMania career. Apologies, Jack. Continue. Randy's one of those guys, though, where, I mean, maybe for almost a decade, they've just had no fucking idea what to do with him. <laughs> Every so often, they have about four months' worth of a good six-month angle, and then just completely run out of steam by the end of it. Yeah, like, I... I... They, they... They had that run of him being a psychopath with with Triple H in the build up to WrestleMania 25, and then had like just such an awful match to pay that off. Yeah, uh, when they, they had when they the, had a blood feud and then started the match with a lock up. Yeah, and and then did all their finishes at the start, and then continued to wrestle for 20 minutes. And then he was the um, face of the company, but yeah, he was never ever the face of the company. Yeah. Then you had the like the, the slow burn angle that was really good for ages with the Wyatts until, as we discussed last year, the moment he burned that shed down. And from then, it was weird and dumb and bad. Um, no, that was the peak, Dave. The <laughs> shed burning and the pose in front of the shed. I will remember that on my deathbed. That will be one of the last <laughs> things that flickers through the synapses of my brain. <laughs> uh, but yeah, continue, Jack. Sorry. Uh... Yeah, so the, I was just going to mention the, the time I've most liked Randy Orton, and I haven't even got any concept of how long ago this was, was the match series that he had with Christian, where it was legit, like, I am going to see if I can have a better match and a better match and a better match. And, like, back then, he, like, it's like he, no one had really challenged him for years in terms of, like... You're just coasting, dude. And and Christian did. And like that was the era where he was getting like really like excitable. Remember when he did that uh, RKO and he like jumped up because he was he was so giddy and like did some ridiculous thing in the in the ring. And it was around that period that I was like, yeah, oh, I'm cool with the one. Do you but... know the upsetting thing about all of that is though is that was already seven years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, drink it in, man. <laughs> So I mean, they have haven't known what the fuck to do with him. I, I think he's just been earning probably so much money as well during that time. Uh, yeah, let's like, be fair. He... Randy Orton probably gives less of a fuck about his career trajectory than we are talking about it right now. I think at one point he probably did, but then you know, after all of the suspensions and the this and the that, he's like, well. 
I'm not really going to put my neck on the block here for anything, so I'm just going to do what they tell me, earn a sizable wage, and, you know, enjoy the many fake wives that I have to work with. <laughs> uh, Barry, it, it, it's got to be Rusev, doesn't it? Uh, I, I don't think it has to be Rusev. Who knows? I, they, I mean, there's no logic to any of their booking, but <laughs> I, don't really have, I, don't, I don't really have an interest in... Well, I don't want to say there's no logic, because that's not fair to this card, but... When it comes to stuff like who wins the U.S. title, I, I I don't really think it does. I would say so. I think I think Rusev's going to be the, uh, for lack of a better term, the meme wrestler of the weekend. Um, I love Rusev. I think he's a, a phenomenal talent. I think they'll be singing and dancing Rusev Day during this match. I think he'll be the guy everyone goes crazy for on the Raw. I think actually they could maybe even hold this off. This is one of those matches where you could almost see them doing a rematch the next night or a singles match. I'd say maybe Orton wins just as a curveball, and maybe Rusev wins on SmackDown or something just for your post yeah. post Mania SmackDown pop. Uh, so yeah, that's. But I have no interest in the match at all. Rusev at all, as great as he is. Speaking of uh, mid card titles in matches where there's uh, some strange booking sometimes, uh, Mark, we have the Intercontinental Championship three way: Miz, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor in a rematch of uh, an excellent three way from from Raw last year, I think. Uh, and a, even though I haven't been like tuning into Raw that much, I I do think that this match could be a lot of fun Seth and Finn had an absolute belter of a match on, on Raw this week um, very much worth uh, checking out uh, are you looking forward to this one yeah I am uh, just to quickly say I'm going to laugh my ass off when Jinder Mahal is your new US champion um, mm-hmm. but yeah I, I think this could actually be one of the better matches on the card um, I really liked the match on Monday I liked Miz on commentary um, Miz is what like fifth. 15 or 25 days away from being the consecutive longest reigning intercontinental champion of all time, which is kind of mental. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, he hasn't got the honker meter out yet. He, no. Well, I mean, like, you know, he's way past uh, yeah. honky, honky tonk man in terms of actually just, you know, holding that belt for, for however long. Um, and that's just mad. That's, that's crazy when you think about it. Um, I'm not really sure if the him holding the belt for that long has actually kind of made the belt that prestigious, but it's um, it's definitely interesting nonetheless. I do think that either Seth or Finn should get the belt. Uh, I think that Finn has had a pretty ever since he's come back, um, they've really not known what exactly to do with him, and he spent a lot of the past six months just being that smiling, happy-go-lucky Irish lad. Can, can we just talk about that for a bit? This is the weirdest fucking thing in the world. <laughs> like, his gimmick is a smiling man. He's just happy to be there, you know? <laughs> and I think that... I, I think an IC title... Because, l- let's face it, um, maybe this will be the actual, the actual run that Roman Reigns has where he has the belt for a while. So if that's the case, you know, that belt is on lockdown for the next six months at least um i think that finn just he needs something uh i could see either seth or finn going to smackdown therefore whoever's not going to smackdown i think they should have a run with the icy belt um miz is the type of character that he doesn't need a belt at this point he 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 garner enough heat without that um but yeah i I think this could be really really good you're gonna have two guys that are gonna throw themselves about 
and Miz is going to avoid catching them at all costs. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I think that we good. Um, I'll say Finn wins. Although Seth could possibly deserve it because he's been probably the, the hardest working man in the company over the last kind of month or two. Um, but I'll go with Finn. Jack. Like all of these guys a lot for different reasons. I think they're going to leave the title on Miz. Yeah, there's a poss- there's definitely a possibility of that. I would not doubt it for a second. Let's go to the uh, the, the tag team matches on the card. Uh, and firstly, we've got, uh, for the SmackDown tag team titles, the Usos versus the New Day versus the Bludgeon Brothers. Uh, Jack, we'll stick with you. Uh, Usos versus New Day was an absolutely rip-roaring feud. Uh, just fantastic stuff. Uh, they've added the Bludgeon Brothers in here now uh, into this uh, triple threat tag team match. There's a lot of potential if this match gets time for it to be a lot of fun. Uh, are, are, are you looking forward to this one, or is it one that's kind of flown under the radar for you? Yeah, I think it would be good. I, I wouldn't necessarily say that it kind of flown under the radar. I mean, it's probably not one that you're going to immediately look out for, but it has the potential to be pretty solid. Everything about the Usos has been really great for a while. Do they maybe not get the, the plaudits they deserve? For, for kind of what uh, they've been doing and the I, way I they've think, evolved their character. I think people have come around to it now. I think at first it was um, people weren't giving them quite as much praise as they needed. But I think now everyone's kind of gone, yeah, yeah, they're great. I think at this point you could make a legitimate argument that they're like a top five tag team in WWE of all time due to the the time the amount of time they've been around, the, uh, the length of the title reigns and how many title reigns they've had. Um, the, the evolution of their characters and the fact that they are, you know, at this point now, as good as they've ever been. Um, I, I think you can actually make that argument. I think that is a legitimate claim you could make with them. Mm. Yeah. Uh, which one of them is it that curses out people that post stuff? Uh, <laughs> I don't really see already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because that shit is hilarious. <laughs> Ah, oh, that's great. Yeah, is that Jimmy or Jay? I I can't remember because is it... <sighs> is it Jay? I think it's Jay because his real name is John, and I think that's it, John. Yeah, he's think... on, he's down there as John. Yeah, so I think I think Jimmy's real name is Jimmy. So I think I think John is Jay. So I believe I might be completely wrong on that, but yeah, he he doesn't take, he doesn't take kindly to people uh, getting in his wife's Instagram comments. <laughs> no, he does not. He spends an awful lot of his day uh, correcting those people and uh, and and uh, reprimanding them for 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 such deeds. Um, the Bludgeon Brothers is a terrible name, isn't it? It's a terrible it's gimmick. It's ter- it's a fucking terrible gimmick. I mean, I I put it like like I I kind of like the music, um, and I think even though it is a terrible gimmick, it's still better than being attached to Bray Wyatt in 2018. So, you know, swings and roundabouts, I suppose. It's yeah. true. It's very 90s. This is Bludgeon Brothers. Like, it, that sounds as Generation X as you can fucking get to me. Yeah, especially because they're, like, not brothers. You know what I mean? It's like they're yeah. not... They're not... Like, they've never even in, in, in storyline been brothers. It's just a stupid name. Yeah, they don't even approximately look like each other. It's the kind of thing where I would, ex- I could hear like McMahon in the mid '90s, like, "Oh, it's the Bludgeon Brothers." It, it's really that kind of mid '90s carny gimmick, and it just, 
again, like, what the fuck are they? Can you imagine Bludgeon Brothers versus, like, Thrasher and Mosh, the headbangers for the straps at, like, WrestleMania 14 or I something? Could. I could, it's, yes. it's, it's just so inexplicable to me that that Harper and Rowan have just once again found themselves in a team together. Like, like yeah. Harper, uh, Rowan, uh, Harper rather cannot, can just not get away with yeah. from this guy at all. It's so disheartening. Like Rowan's all right and everything. I'm not trying to say he's terrible, but God, Harper should be so far beyond it. But, um, Agreed. I, think match will, I think this match will probably be pretty damn entertaining. Everyone involved is good. The weakest is Rowan who is you know, solid. Um, although I, I, I can't say I care about the booking. I mean, the Usos in the new day are, are great. I'd happily watch them trade it back and forth, um, but you know. Yeah, um, I, I I think it's funny though, like because um, we often have talked about in the past over the years, and people on Twitter talk about how like Cesaro was the most criminally underused or misused guy they had on the main roster, but Luke Harper really takes the cake. <laughs> I think in terms of a guy who's like could be doing so could be just having fantastic matches like every single week singles matches and the one time they did give him a singles run it was oh it was half-hearted to say the least it's mad because he has the height um yet they decide to push baron well they were pushing baron corbin uh <laughs> yeah it's mad but it's also mad that this is the first time that the usos will be appearing on the main card of wrestlemania yeah, they they nearly did that uh, that that one year, and they got bumped to the pre-show, the one where one of the Usos was injured and pretended not to be. Yeah, so that's that's cool. Uh, they're def- definitely worthy of actually um, getting a Mania match, uh, and this will be Eric Rowan's first uh, WrestleMania appearance or WrestleMania match since that match he had with The Rock. Yes, indeed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that we saw oh, in person. Yeah. How could you forget? Uh, I, I saw, yes, I saw The Rock wrestle. Yes, I did. No further questions, please, about what I saw, but I saw him wrestle. You know what? You know, um, you know the, the hyperbolic time chamber in Dragon Ball Z where one day lasts one year? It was kind of a similar thing where that 20 minutes with The Rock did feel like about four years. God, it was so long. Oh, I, I loved Stone Cold's reaction to it where he's like, you know, I, I saw that match and I immediately felt for him and I went up to the son bitch after the show and I was like, man, sometimes you just got to take one for the team and gave him a big hug. <laughs> uh, moving over to the red brand, we have uh, The Bar, Cesaro and Sheamus defending against Braun Strowman and a partner, TBD, who I dearly hope after Raw this week is in fact Brains Strowman, his brother. Um, I thought you were going to say The Undertaker. <laughs> yeah, that would just, just, just do it. No, Undertaker's winning the Andre, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, Cesaro and Sheamus, fantastic team. Um, the bar have been uh, really holding it down over there on Raw. Uh, I love them. Uh, and Braun Strowman is a guy who two years ago, like we were like around the time he debuted, he, he was the subject of a considerable amount of ridicule and pretty much over the last year, 18 months, he has slowly gotten to the point where he has won over, I think almost everybody now. Um, I love him. He is just, he, he has this weird charisma about him. He, he's, he's just this great big guy wrestler um like he he has good matches with the right people um not Brock Lesnar um 
And I, I have particularly enjoyed uh, his run this year in the Mixed Match Challenge uh, as Alexis' partner and that weird romance that's been going on. But... Um, Oh, what, can what you, you imagine if she was the partner for fuck's sake? Oh my god, <laughs> it would be amazing. She drops, she drops the women's belt and then wins the tag team titles with Braun Strowman. Yeah, and pins Cesaro as well. <laughs> Speaking of like late nineties booking, yeah, indeed. Uh, Barry, uh, how have you been enjoying the the, the bar and uh, Braun Strowman over the past while? Uh, all right, yeah, I, I like the bar. I wasn't big on brains, Strowman, but I've liked I've liked Braun. Uh, other than that, I, I'm curious. I wonder if they're just going to do a swerve because because Kurt did say he is going to have a partner. I wonder if the end result is just if if, if they just said that to uh, to throw you off because I know everyone's reaction when he won that match was that he's going to be he's going to do the one man tag champion gimmick, and I'm I'm still kind of thinking they might do that. Um. It would uh, be awesome it... if they put the belts on him, like they like they like attach one belt to another, so like all the way around it was displaying <laughs> just put, the just, gold. Just put it around him like Chewie's belt. Yeah, exactly. Like a bandolero, <laughs> I believe that's called. Yeah. Um Jack, what what's your take on this? Do you think he'll do the, the one man tag title reign or do you think there's a partner? The two of the names that have been bandied about of guys who are kind of ready and waiting to come back uh around WrestleMania time are Joe and Dean Ambrose. Uh and I don't I, I think Joe is the better fit of those two, but I don't think either of them are a perfect fit because Braun to me is the guy who's like on his own unless it's Alexa with him. Uh what do you think about this match and what's gonna happen? The brain Strowman is like a bit Joe Park abyss, isn't it? Really? <laughs> yeah, that's why I look. It was just so dumb. It was so like half arsed. Like he had to think of it five minutes before they aired the segment, and he's like, "Quick, what props do I have nearby?" <laughs> what kind of like Krusty the Clown when like all the TV gets taken off, and he's yeah. like, "Ah, uh, there's a scorpion and a battery. Let's see if I can make this into a show." Yeah, it was yeah. like an, yeah, an improv challenge where he had two props and he had to make a sketch about it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, I would be a massive fan of him just being the tag team champions. Bray Wyatt is the tag team champions, and they always like add the plural as well. Here's your tag team champions. Uh, Braun Strowman, not Bray Wyatt, for fuck's sake. Yeah, uh, so fuck it. No partner. Why Why would you even need a partner? Like, the only way that I'd be happy if it's a partner is if it's somebody that's just completely and utterly absurd. Uh, I don't know, Goldberg or something. Or like, I don't know, can, can Chris Jericho. Why not? Uh, Mark? Uh, I like the idea of uh, Joe coming out and we have the big beefy boys as the tag champs. Um, oh, see, I like I like Dean coming out and then being the big beefy boys. <laughs> I I like Dean coming out and then being the super vesty boys. No, I guess there's that as well. Um, yeah, no, I I think that he will actually have a, a tag partner. I I don't think they'll just let him go out on his own. It's kind of weird that he's in this position, but also at the same time not weird because. Like, they obviously want him to be an integral part of the show, but, again, the the main event scene is on lockdown, um, and I feel like they don't want him in that scene, because then he has to lose. Uh, so, you know, this is, this is a, a, a good place to put him, I guess. 
Um, or he could just win the titles and they're like, no, we've had a look at the rule book like on Raw the next night. One man can't have the titles and then they have like a tournament or something over the next yeah, month. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that... I mean, surely you would look at the rule book before the match takes place, but yes, that that is... <laughs> This is wrestling. It's a very good point. It's a very good point. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Joe. Uh, either Joe is here or Joe wins the Battle Royal. Um, and this will be fine, I guess. Uh, I wonder, like... Uh, I don't know how much longer Sheamus is around for, because there, there was reports that he had, uh, like, spinal stenosis, I think. Um, so that's the kind of thing oh. where, like, I can't imagine he'll be around too much longer. Um, yeah. so you know this could be the swan song for Seamus I don't know but uh, if you're going to go out Mania is always the place to do it indeed I uh, uh, I like by the way I like your idea Dave of having it as Ambrose because then they could steal CCK's best boys chant and just have everyone chant vest boys <laughs> <laughs> okay now I'll be disappointed when that doesn't happen thanks Jack <laughs> uh, we'll move from the tag division to the women's division the the both women's titles are on the main card for Wrestlemania the first one we'll, we'll go at Raw uh, Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax uh, and Mark they've kind of if you ask me booked themselves into a corner on this one because if Nia Jax doesn't win the message is kind of bullying's cool yeah, I've not been a fan of this for a number of reasons. A, you've got Nia Jax coming into this off of losing to Asuka consecutive times. Um, so she's kind of in this position because she's being bullied. What? Okay. Um, it's a very, like, Divas era storyline because you have a bunch of men writing for women. Uh, and I'm shocked it actually took them this long into the women's revolution to get back to this point. Uh, this needs to be a 30-second squash. And I could see if there's going to be a couple of short matches on the card, because it's a fucking lengthy card, uh, this would be the, the the best place to do it. Um, Alexa's been champion for Christ knows how long. Um, her taking a loss of that nature won't hurt her. Uh, yeah, so like, if they're going to put the belt on Nia, I think that, yes, as you've mentioned, that because of the storyline they should uh this should be a, a yeah a 30 second squash jack uh in the era of the women's revolution and aren't women's great we have an uh, an angle here where uh a woman who legitimately battled with an eating disorder and her friend who is a woman who went on public record as being uncomfortable with fat shaming angles are fat shaming a woman um <laughs> This is kind of at odds with the message that WWE send uh, about women. What, what's your take on the angle and the match here? Well, let me tell you a, a personal story about Vince McMahon, Dave. You, you know <laughs> WWE has the whole anti-bully cap. <laughs> yeah, so this, yeah. this this should be a destruction of, of Nia, um, destroying Alexa Bliss. And then... Yay, bullies are bad, and the angle can finish, and then they find a legitimate and credible challenger for, for Naya, whether that be Ronda or who knows. Barry, would you agree with that kind of line of thinking? Yeah, and I, I think this is short, and I think it should be short, not only because the, the card looks long, but also because I, I, I don't see an especially compelling match here, bell to bell. So put it on Naya. I, I would 
not care at all if it was 30 seconds long. That's that's fitting for Alexa's character, so yeah. Yeah. Um, the other women's title is on the line uh, over on SmackDown. That's Charlotte Flair defending against Asuka, which I think of the two uh, women's title matches is the distinctly more marquee affair uh, as we have uh, the kind of... the. The, the darling almost of the women's division uh, against the undefeated Asuka. Um, we go we go with Jack first on this one. Yay is all I can say. I, I'm really looking forward to this. Like the second that Asuka came up to the main roster, I was like, yes, they need to have like a big marquee match with, with her and Charlotte Flair. So yeah, I, I'm nothing but excitement. I hope they give this one time. I think the compromise of like the other one basically being a squash like we're all predicting means that these guys will get like a decent amount of time and, and they're just yeah, they're they're both two women at the top of their game and going at each other for the belt at WrestleMania. This this is a celebration of everything that we love about the kind of modern women's wrestling revolution as opposed to what we were saying about the, the other match. So yeah, very excited. I would be in, eternally shocked if, if Asuka didn't win. Uh, and I, I think this is a, an excellent place to get her to like elevate to the the number one woman in the company. Because in most people's eyes, she pretty much already is. Uh, Barry, do, do you think this was a, a clever idea to get uh, Asuka away from Ronda for as long as possible? Because that's obviously a dream match somewhere down the line. And what do you think this match is going to look like? Uh, yeah, I think I think that was part of their thinking process as well. Uh, and yeah, I think this is going to be excellent. I mean, you know, I I think Charlotte has her positives and negatives, but I think on the big stages she tends to bring the goods. And and Oscar is obviously a, a, an extremely uh, talented wrestler and much more experienced and seasoned than Charlotte is. Uh, you know, I think this is going to be excellent. I think this might end up being one of the better women's matches in, in WWE history, all told. If it goes on late and it has uh, uh, the necessary pomp and circumstance, and it has the crowd and it has the time, I think they have all the tools there to have a thoroughly excellent match. I think there's drama in there because even though Charlotte has had a lot, a few losses in her career, she is still very much the the really obvious kind of top star protected act in in the women's division. So it's not. I mean, I would say Oscar is winning, but I would say to to most fans watching, it might not be the most you know foregone conclusion. So I'd say it's going to be dramatic, and uh, I really can't wait for this. I hope I hope they they treat this right and they they position it well on the card, uh, and, and they do right by these women because I think I think this is going to be uh, superb, honestly. Mark, some people say that the the SmackDown women's division, uh, at least on a creative level, has has gotten a bit stagnant. Is is Asuka the shot in the arm they they really need over there, or or do you trust the Road Dog booking Asuka? Well, is she actually a part of the SmackDown roster because she's still appearing on Raw, which is the bit yeah. that I don't quite get. Well, if she, the thing is, like, it's it's not going to be like the old thing where like she'd win the title and then she could show up on Raw. Like, it is branded as the SmackDown title. Yeah. So, and it's color schemed after the show. So, I, I don't think they'll do a switcheroo. And Ronda is obviously staying on Raw. Yeah. Uh, I, I, so, it's... if the idea is to keep them apart, then I could see Asuka going to SmackDown. Yeah, which would make sense. Um, it's it's just good. It's great that we have two singles uh, women's championship matches on this show. Um, 
I was fine with the triple threat at 32. I thought that was a great match, and I thought yeah. that Becky Lynch deserved to be in there. I um, think it was my favorite match on the show in hindsight. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I was... You end up with the, the general schmoz slash clusterfuck uh, four way in six ways last year, uh, which really kind of showed a lack of creative thought and identity for the division. Uh, they've clearly made some attempts to correct that, and um, and they've done a great job with that, with having um, the two matches. One I care slightly less about than the other, but yeah, Charlotte and Asuka is a legitimate um, dream match within the company um and like i was saying earlier about almas and black um these are the two kind of biggest female uh wrestlers that they have um you know outside of the the special attractions like ronda rousey uh and yeah it's a perfect match for wrestlemania um this should be given a time i expect this to be excellent and there is it could go either way uh, I, I do expect Asuka to win. Um, and then, you know, if they want to keep the belt on her for a year and then do her and Rousey, who the fuck knows? Uh, but yeah, I, I this is one of the matches I'm genuinely looking forward to. Uh, Charlotte is very much a, a big match wrestler, uh, and Asuka, Asuka is just excellent. So uh, yeah, this should be really, really good. Uh, moving into kind of the some of the... the the even more marquee matches on the the show I'm, I'm calling this segment of the show the strange patchwork tag team match section of wrestlemania uh the first one we'll talk about is kevin owens and Sami Zayn versus shane mcmahon and the returning daniel bryan uh, I, I think I can speak on behalf of all of us when I say it was one of the best feel-good moments in pro wrestling in a long, long time that uh, Daniel Bryan was cleared to wrestle uh, and will be returning at WrestleMania in the stadium where he won the world title um, a few years ago. Uh, we, we'll go to Barry first on this one. Some of this angle has been a little bit strange and, you know, some people would say it's a bit, you know, ha- having his return match be as Shane McMahon's tag partner is not ideal. But uh, having him wrestle Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn ain't that bad either, is it? No, yeah. And I, I think, like, I, as, as bored as I have been by the Shane McMahon, Daniel Bryan stuff, uh, to the point that I don't even watch SmackDown anymore, uh, I obviously tuned back in for the Bryan stuff, but, you know, that was very recently. Uh with all that said, I, I've enjoyed Zayn and Owens in their role. I just have not found the story very compelling. But, I mean, all it, to be honest, it's all irrelevant. It's, it's just about Brian. I mean, it, 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 he could be wrestling anyone in there. He could be in there with Baron Corbin. Uh, um, and it would uh, it would still be great. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, it's going to be heated. Uh, I'm curious what kind of match it'll be. I think they probably realize that they don't need to go all out, you know, and have a wild brawl and Shane fall off things, especially with his health woes. Um, I think it'll probably be an awful lot of Shane getting worked over until the hot tag. Uh, And you know what? That'll probably be great. Uh, Mark, as someone who has followed the the career of uh, Daniel Bryan for quite a number of years, um, is it going to be hard for anything else on this show to match that moment of uh, seeing him return to the ring after we thought we'd never see it again? Um, I mean, if Rusev comes out in a tank again, that could possibly <laughs> do it. Uh, 
um, with Aidan English singing the Rusev theme. Uh, no, it's obvious. It goes without saying that that moment is going to be special. Um, and it's just such a shame. It's in such a dumb fucking match. But I, I'd love to know. I'd love to get a kind of breakdown of when this story this feud began like what was the actual end goal and at what point were they aware that daniel bryan would be available would be actual actually able to wrestle um there's the whole thing that you know uh bryan was was clear to wrestle purely because they don't want him going anywhere else um though i expect he probably still will um what was what was the actual kind of goal for wrestlemania you know, in what way were they going to incorporate McMahon, Shane, Sammy, and Kevin if Daniel Bryan wasn't available? Uh, just so many questions. There's so much about this that I'm intrigued by that has nothing to do with the actual match itself. Because uh, the match will be what it will be. Um, I don't expect a classic. Um, and it's probably in some ways good that Daniel Bryan is in uh, a match where... Well, he doesn't have to do all the work, but he has someone. He has a tag partner that now has um, diabetic. Di- I can never say that word. Diabeticulitis. That's the one. So now he does have to do all of the work, uh, which is probably not as great for his first match back. Uh, but at the same time, you know, whatever. Uh, he's probably going to take the pin. Um, it's a dumb stipulation. We obviously know Kevin and Sammy are going to win. And I just would like this feud to be over because I'm I'm so bored of wrestlers uh, fighting with authority figures. This isn't exactly the same as what we've seen before with Vince or the authority, but this principle is still fucking there, and I just I don't care for it. But hey, Daniel Bryan's wrestling again, so the sooner we can get over this and onto him just you know being a wrestler again, that works for me. Jack, the return of Daniel Bryan. How are you feeling about it? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I wish it wasn't in this match, like, which is kind of the, the general point, but I'm really excited. I, I love Daniel Bryan. He's probably my favorite wrestler of the last 10 or 15 years. Um, that's no hyperbolic statement. I just, I adore everything he's done. He's the sort of guy that like he, he could have a good match with a shoe if he needed to, he's just fantastic performer. So to see him in a match kind of where you, it's difficult because you're not really going to get behind him and root for him in the same way as say, what looked like an obvious choice to have him say, go off against a Miz to win his intercontinental title back. Like that, thing with the Miz just completely snapping and losing his shit on him on Talking Smack for a while ago like the week after Daniel Bryan announced his comeback I would have you know had that playing and I would have had those two you know facing off in a few promos and and have a wrestling match that would just be perfect you know the story like the cycle of of Daniel Bryan finally taking the belt that he had to give up back would would be awesome and a real feel good moment and it's not going to be a feel-good moment when he's on the losing side. I, th- I feel like the circumstances are a little rough, but hey, it's just going to be good for him to kind of find his feet and 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 get back in in the ring and 
the biggest stage that he could possibly do it so it's an it's a nice story nothing else and you know kevin and sammy are fucking brilliant and are always a hundred percent committed to everything they do so i'd imagine they're definitely not going to let up on on their side of the bargain either so yeah it will be an interesting one and uh just very very happy for mr brian in the uh other kind of patchwork tag team match on this show we have triple h and stephanie mcmahon versus kurt angle and and ronda rousey uh barry this is a very strange match uh, it's had a very odd build and um it's one of those ones that in terms of in terms of spectacle has a high ceiling but in terms of quality of match has a very low floor yeah i tell you one of the positive things about this mania card is that they've hidden triple h in a tag match which is good um, no, so, uh, forty-five minute long singles match with Seth Rollins. Well, well, I mean, this the, the the flip side of that is that I feel like him and Kurt would probably still be doing the body of the work. Mm. Um, the comparison I've made with this is that this might be like the 2011 Rock tag match. I think Ronda comes in. I think she she'll probably like throw Triple H. I think to start the match because they've already shown them getting physical. I think she comes in. I think she does thirty seconds with Triple H where she tosses him around. Uh, then the ref- referee makes them do the old uh, the old gender split, men with the men, women with women. And then I think Triple H and Kurt Angle slow it down, baby. I think they grab a hold. Um, and then I think they slow they tease that out for a, an insufferably long time before they do the uh, hot tag to the women. Uh, uh, and and then Ronda comes back in for another thirty seconds and wins. Stephanie is always really great in these roles. She's uh, you can't you have to give it to her. She's remarkably competent in her in her brief kind of physical uh, cameos throughout the years. She she really is, and she rarely puts a foot wrong. So that's good. Um, yeah, you know I, I agree. This has a low floor. I think this could be bad if it's too long. Um, also, I, I'm just not so... I, I think Ronda's physicality has been good so far. I thought the angle on Raw on Monday was good, where she grabbed Triple H and where she got in Stephanie's face. The crowd are in to her getting nose-to-nose with Stephanie. They're into all of that stuff. But I, I just feel her promos have been very weak. I feel like she comes off very nervous. Uh, she comes off not at all in her element. And I'm wondering if, even though she's been good so far with the physical stuff, I'm wondering if on the night in question... You know, does it all fall apart? I don't. I don't think it will. I just think there's maybe a chance it could, but um, yeah, I I don't really have any expectations for this. And overall, just going forward, my my expectations for Ronda have been massively tempered. I kind of think, I kind of think her WWE run. My early prediction is that it will be a a, a footnote in Ronda's post MMA depression figuring out her place in the world uh i don't get the feeling this is her natural place in the world at all to be honest jack do you feel that the 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 clash of everybody wanting ronda to do well because everybody likes ronda but that clashing with her obvious lack of comfort uh and her awkwardness in in the role so far in, in as much as the kind of like the sports entertainment side of things as opposed to the physicality side of things is going to hamper people's enjoyment of the match like i can very much feel myself spending this match on the edge of my seat but not in a good way just like willing her to do well uh rather than actually trying to get in and enjoy the match sure uh, I think that it's kind of a good match for her to be in because there's not an awful lot of pressure, as as they um, as Barry pointed out 
you would imagine Kurt and, and Hunter take the majority of the match. So I think what little bits and pieces that she has in the match just need to be engineered well. I think this is one of those, this is definitely not going to be a call it in the ring, call it on the fly kind of match. I think this is going to be a very well thought out ahead of time thing. And I just hope it's not too laboriously long because Hunter does like to take his time in his matches and it's often to the sort of detriment of the pacing of the card. But yeah, a nice sort of snappy something 10 minutes or under. And yeah, I just would like to see Ronda getting Stephanie in an arm bar and, and, and making her immediately tap out because I think the place will go absolutely fucking crazy. So in theory, to just having her do simple stuff and execute it well will be enough, I think, for me. Mark, 18 years later, we're getting the payoff to the Stephanie Kurt Triple H love triangle. <laughs> How are we looking forward to this match? I can keep this one very short and sweet. Uh, this match is not for me. I have no interest in this match. Uh, I know why it exists. That's fine. It's a WrestleMania spectacle. Uh, the sooner it's over and I don't have to watch Kurt Angle hobble about in the ring, uh, the, the better, basically. I, I have no interest in Ronda Rousey. Um, I don't have any interest in her as a UFC performer or as a WWE wrestler. Um, just, yeah, I, this this isn't for me. And I know why it exists, and that's fine. Um, this will probably be my short nap or toilet break match, so... Before we get to the, uh, the the world title matches, we'll go very briefly round the table and talk about one match that is, air, big air quotes, up in the air that may or, or may not happen. I'll go around the, ta- the, the, the table here and ask you one by one, uh, Undertaker versus Cena, confirm that you believe it's definitely happening and then uh, will it be any good? And we'll start with Barry. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have no consistent answer for either of those questions. I'm at about at 90% that it's going to happen uh, purely because it's it's two huge names it's Wrestlemania and they've dedicated so much time to it it would be so out of character for them not to do it it would be so out of character for them not to do it this isn't uh, uh, you know just, just to pull a recent example that I was present for off the top of my head this isn't you know WXW, you know what I mean, where they kept the guy off the shows for months for the purpose of building a big surprise return for, you know, they they went in that direction, you know, artistically. It just does not seem like something WWE would do. However, I will say my desired result would be that this match doesn't happen. I thought the Cena stuff uh, in the, in the, the, the final you know, weeks of 2017 and throughout early 2018, I thought the stuff where he felt like this kind of lost, out of place legend who couldn't get a, a shot on the main card of of um, the biggest show of the year. I thought that story was really compelling. I thought his promos were really good, and pretty much since they started doing it and up to and including all these Undertaker promos, I have wanted them to not do it. I want him to not get on the cards. I'm sure he has to be at the show in some capacity because he's a big star and that's fine. But I want him to either not have a match or be in the Andre or or something like that. And, and you know, you've got this big, massive, stacked card. You don't need him on there realistically. It's not making a blind bit of difference, uh, as evidenced by the fact that they haven't advertised the match, you know. Um, I think you, you, you have everyone else go out there and kill it and you 
keep this interesting story going with Cena. So the post-mania, you have a nice story for him. You have a little redemption story that you can build with him through SummerSlam and maybe even all the way to next WrestleMania. Um, I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're just going to do the match. I think that's just how they operate. I don't think they do... I don't think they make decisions like what I outlined. It's just not in their nature. Uh, and as for, is the match any good? I honestly don't know. Part of me thinks that it's just beyond the realm of possibility because Cena's slowing down and Undertaker is Undertaker. Um, but the other part of me is saying, you fool, you absolute fool. They'll they'll just get in the ring and the crowd will go ballistic and all they have to do is, is tease a bunch of moves and kick out of a bunch of moves and the crowd will be uh, like putty in their hands. So... I really don't know. I, I, I think, but, but on the flip side, yeah, I do think it could then also be a disaster because Undertaker could get knocked loopy in the first five seconds. So, so uh, this is this is the wild card. This is the the complete. I I don't know anything about this, and I guess that's kind of good. It's you know this is something that whatever happens, it'll be a surprise. If they do it, if it's great, if it's long, if it's short, if it's if it's a promo, if Undertaker comes out but then says fuck you, you know you're not getting a match. Um, I don't know. I, I think that's I think that's a cool aspect of, of, of the card, but my actual desire to see these two have a, a pro wrestling match was uh, sky high in in two thousand nine uh, at the peak of the of the streak. Uh, these days, it is it is extremely low. Mark, uh, as quick as you can, is it happening? Will it be any good? And I was going to ask a third question: Do you care? But I suspect I probably know the answer to that. Uh, you'd be correct on that one. Um... <laughs> I don't think it happens. I hope that Cena comes to the ring and just just nothing. Uh, maybe we'll cut to like a Titantron of of Callaway sitting there on the sofa like, what the fuck are you doing, man? I ain't fucking going to New Orleans. Um, that would be enjoyable. Um, it, the match itself, if it does happen, I take is just not particularly mobile these days. And Cena... It's hit and miss, and I don't think Taker's the kind of guy where you're going to get a hit. Um, I, I have enjoyed parts of this storyline. Um, you know, it, it's not just Cena in a title match. Like, they are doing something that's a little bit different, and I give them props for that. Um, and, yeah, I am curious to see exactly what happens on Sunday. Um, I will give them that. Um, I just hope that it's not just an actual match. Jack, does it happen? Will it be any good? Will Kid Rock sing Biker Taker to the ring? I mean, the last one is only in my dreams, uh, Dave. But here's what I would do. I think that at this point, it kind of seems likely that they probably aren't going to have a match. But I, I think they would have announced it. But here's what I would do. I would have John Cena come out and just be like, yep, I'm ready. Come on. Like takes his shirt off, gets everyone going, gets fired up, and then Taker comes out, and and then Cena's just like, "Will you fight me?" And then Taker stares at him for like thirty seconds and just says, "No," and fuck, just fucks off again, <laughs> back up the ramp, and then you've just got dejected Cena, uh, who just doesn't know how to handle it, and like he then sits there in the ring, and like the refs talk to him, like you know, like sorry mate, you know we've got matches to do, and then his missus comes out, and like he just looks like dejected, and then they build to a match next year when they've got an actual year's worth of stuff that they can do towards it, and then that could be like definitely take his last moment, and maybe John Cena's uh, WrestleMania send off for a few years as well, which I think would be pretty cool. Is a way that I would like it to go. Um, 
they might just have like a five ten minute match and yeah as they as um barry said everyone will go crazy for it so yeah we'll see i guess a uh, pair of world title matches to round off our show and WrestleMania here. Uh, we go to the, the, the WWE Championship match over on SmackDown. Uh, that sees AJ Styles defending against Shinsuke Nakamura in a match that I think this was like, this was the earliest idea we heard for WrestleMania this year, a long, long time ago. And in, in fairness, it's one of the few times that things haven't been changed around a bunch. So it's kind of amazing that through pretty much the whole year, this was the plan and they stuck to it. Nakamura winning the Royal Rumble, AJ Styles winning the title back, saving us all from gender. Um, I, I, I'm looking forward to this one. I, I don't have any illusions that it would be a patch on their uh, IWGP title match. But uh, that said, I, I, I do very much look forward to this one. Getting to see Nakamura and AJ Styles uh, having a match at WrestleMania is quite a thing. And I, on that note, I, I will shoot over to resident New Japan correspondent Mark Robinson. Oh, hi. How's it going? Uh, yeah, so they obviously had a great match at Wrestle Kingdom a few years ago, um, which then shortly after both were announced as being signed by WWE and then they went on their different career paths within WWE Nakamura went to NXT uh, Styles went straight to the main roster which was kind of interesting um, this feud has been relatively simple in its booking which everyone was kind of hoping for because there was less chance of fucking it up um, they have focused on the strengths of Nakamura one of them not being his ability to cut a 10-minute promo. Um, they've kept that very simple, uh, which is, is more effective that way. Um, and we've had a couple of fun weeks where they've been uh, wrestling in some combination against Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable, uh, which has been good fun uh, and is a nice little rub, for, particularly for, for Chad Gable. Uh, yeah, I mean, if they're given the time, if they can do what they need to do, this could obviously be one of the best matches on the card. And uh, it is that kind of, there's that much anticipation for it. The There is a possibility that it could underwhelm. Um, at some point, I want to go back and watch uh, their New Japan match, which actually New Japan World uh, dropped for free on YouTube, which is uh, a smart thing on their part to do. So, yeah, there's no reason that this couldn't be um, the best match on the card. And I, I'd imagine that Nakamura wins. And uh, yeah. that should set him up for a relatively lengthy title reign. And maybe, probably at this point, Styles will go to Raw. Because he has yet to be on Raw since the brand split happened. Mm. Uh, Barry, I, I think the there's a lot of critics out there that uh, uh, the majority of Nakamura's run in WWE he has been coasting, uh, whether because of uh, just the toll uh, a career of wrestling in New Japan has taken on his body or whether he just wasn't arsed until he was at this kind of level. But you got to think WrestleMania is the time to show us what he has what he can do, and there's there's no one better than AJ Styles to be in the ring with. Yeah, I I think this is going to uh, deliver. Well, I, I think it'll deliver to a certain extent. Will it, I don't think it'll match the the Wrestle Kingdom match, but I think this will be great. Um, uh, yeah, I, I haven't been a fan of Nakamura at all in in WWE, NXT, or otherwise. Um, 
Yeah, now that I think about it, because uh, I was even the low man on the Zayn match, actually, now that I think about it, but um, but I, I don't doubt this is... Um, I mean, look, this is it's the same as same as the New Japan. You know, he he had he turned it on, and he turned it off, and he he did prioritize the big shows. And look, there's no bigger one than this. You know, he relishes a good opponent like uh, like AJ. I'm sure this will be great. Um, I will say that I don't I don't perceive this as a main event because I feel like there's a lot of strong stories being told on this show, and this just feels like two excellent workers who are gonna good old fashioned go in there and have a good match to use the better man, which is fine. But I. I I, I I don't feel passionate about this match, but I'm sure it'll be good, and uh, I'd imagine it's a, a a big crowning moment for for Nakamura, which is which is fine. Jack, you're a big fan of both of these men. Is, is this one of the ones you you have circled that you're giddily anticipating? Yeah, I um I don't see why there would be any negativity on it. Really, like why can't it be as good as their Wrestle Kingdom match? Uh, my main thing would be that I, I I'm not sure Nakamura's body can hold up to it anymore. Listen, I, I, they don't they don't like people kneeing each other in the back of the head. I mean, that's that was that's my true. my thing. Yeah, I know. But they don't have to do that to make it as good as or if not better. Like uh, to me, this is. Yes, just... they do, Jack. Near life ending violence <laughs> is the only way. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, good luck to Kenny Omega and his V triggers then if he ever turns up in WWE. But like to me, I. I don't necessarily say that I would set an expectation that it's going to be this, that, or the other thing. My my thing is that this is just going to be great. And, like, it can only be different levels of great. Like, even if it's just great, like, four stars great, like, I'm going to enjoy it and I won't be disappointed by it. But it has the potential to be, like, head and shoulders, the match of the weekend in terms of in-ring performance. Now, Barry's right, and, and you too, Dave, that maybe there's not a whole lot of story here. So, like, that might not give it the main event feel, or it might not necessarily make for, like, a video package unless they can borrow some footage off, off New Japan, perhaps, and highlight, like, how long these guys have kind of been running in and around each other. But this, does, to me, there's I've got nothing bad to say. I love both these guys. I think they're going to have a great match. I don't see any reason why they can't. Um, make it as good as or if not better than their wrestle kingdom match yeah it's a tall order yeah there's a couple more years worth of wear and tear on the two of them but fuck it like that they're gonna go for it this is the biggest possible stage for them to have this match and i'm i'm excited about it like i don't have any negativity at all the what what is probably the 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 main event of this show is uh, yet another chance for that cr- crowning moment for one Roman Reigns as he takes on uh, Brock Lesnar the universal title uh, Barry it's been an interesting booking of this thing uh, I think they, they've kind of got a better idea of how to try and uh, get Roman by trying to book Brock the way that got him boo the last time he left the Fed um, just focusing on the fact that he's probably not going to be around he's probably going to be going back to MMA for a little while maybe Mm. Uh, how do you think this match has been built and do you think when it gets in front of that crowd in New Orleans that it's really going to have any effect on how they uh, receive young Roman yeah I I, honestly I I found this angle kind of fascinating I thought Roman's delivery of most of the stuff has been great, especially the first week where he came out and he did that first promo. Uh, the one that everyone said was a shoot. Um, 
you know, I thought his delivery was great. Um, with, I don't think it's going to change the reaction. And that was my original criticism of the angle. I was like, look, people just see through this. I think it's it's sitting down and watching a show, just watching it as a, as a, as a you know, a, a drama, for lack of a better term. I think it's a compelling uh, storyline that's believable and there is resentment against part-timers. That's true. But I, the people who hate Roman, they, they don't want you to convince them. They just don't like the guy. That's just what it is. It just is what it is. Um, there's no saving it. You kind of it took them way too long to realize with Cena to just roll with it. You know what I mean? Because they did stuff with this like Cena all the time, trying to come up with ways to make him cool, pair him with this guy, have him beat that guy, have him do this gimmick, have him you know, the, the, just the dastardly things Kurt Angle was doing, being paired yeah, with Larry, like, and they still were just like fucking boo. Yeah, it's like all that all that comical shit, and. and these days, Cena just rolls with it and it's fine. They, they, you know, and they've shown flashes of that with Roman, but they never commit to it, you know. But, but regardless, I found this compelling. I thought Brock has been a beast. I mean, whooping Roman with it, with the handcuffs on, that was such a great angle. Um, and so I thought, I think the build here has been way better than 2015. I think Roman's an even better worker now than he was then. I think this is going to be great. Um, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And I tell you what, I, so watching the go home episode of Raw. I think they were laying it on a bit thick about Brock's departure. Um, uh, again, that could be, I think, mean, you know, that's the heat. They want him to be booed like Mania 20. They want Roman to be the conquering hero for wrestling fans. But the other the other thing in my brain, you know, from watching WWE all these years tells me he's not leaving and he's winning and he's staying and and Roman is thwarted again. Now I think that's highly unlikely. I think they they love Roman so much and they screwed him out of this win three years ago that I don't think they're going to do that again. But do you ever get that feeling when you're watching a go home show and they lay on one thing so thick that you just instinctively think they're doing the other thing? Um, uh, yeah, that that was my thinking on Raw this week because they were they were stating really just blatantly saying that Brock wouldn't be back basically. Um, but yeah, I think the match would be great. I think Roman's winning. Uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. And and I don't think Roman will be cheered, but I'm I'm intrigued by by how the crowd will react to it. Jack, how do you follow up there on what Barry said? Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything Barry said, with the exception of I don't think they're gonna like Russo swerve anybody. I, I think they're gonna follow through <laughs> with Roman. I I get why you would think think that though, because it it kind of looks incredibly like telegraph but then i guess it's meant to there are some times where you set something up and then you deliver but those situations are normally because it's like there's a tidal wave of audience support like i think the crowd is going to react really badly to roman winning uh i I think that it's not going to be a popular decision really um it's funny because I actually thought what they're trying to do with Roman and Brock, they executed better at the back end of last year with Roman and Cena. Like that, the dueling promo Roman and Cena had where Cena just basically was laying into him for (laughs) for not being able to like get his words out properly and all that sort of stuff. Like I kind of felt like that was a bit, if anything, like a little bit more better built than, than what they've done here so far, although I do like what they've done here so far. I just hope it's a really physically 
like brutal match like i just hope they just go in there and beat the shit out of each other because at the end of the day no matter how you feel about any particular guy in it if they go in there and just hit all the power moves and start beating the shit out of each other with stuff then everybody is eventually gonna go crazy start buying false finishes and be really excited even though it might be a bit of a down end when uh, when Roman rin- wins, if the if the majority of the crowd are made up of people that don't really want to see him succeed, even up to this point of him being shoved down everyone's throats for this length of time, I wonder why no one likes him. Uh, Mark, to come up to you to, to kind of finish things off here. We were in the building the last time he, uh, Roman had a crowning title win at WrestleMania, um, and it will oh, be God. hard to it will, it will be hard to top the shattering indifference <laughs> that we witnessed as people streamed out of the stadium uh, before that match was even done. Uh, what do you think about this match, Mark? I would imagine this will be better than that match. Um, it would have to be. That is not the hottest of the hot takes I've ever had. Um, the Mania 31 match uh, was a, a genuinely great match, and there was a small portion of that match where Roman had kind of turned the crowd on his side and then obviously Seth Rollins came down and and that all happened but that was uh that was a genuinely great match where he played the role of just getting the shit kicked out of him and kept coming back for more and that worked uh I could see them going along those lines for this match and as pointed out yeah he's uh he's a better worker than he was then um, in terms of the actual the angles leading up the the build up for the match, uh, yeah, you kind of see straight through the whole pew pew shooting promos, um, and it is kind of a bit of a backwards logic that you know Roman's talking about being oh I'm I'm here and this I I you know WWE I I respect this company and I I'm here all the time and like fans don't really give a fuck about that. Uh, I, you know, I don't feel that, you know, I'm a wrestling fan. I'm not a, you know, I'm not like a devout WWE uh, enthusiastic and, and giving uh, nothing but praise and worship to them. And I don't think a lot of people really work like that. Uh, like, you know, the idea of Brock Lesnar saying, fuck this, I'm going to go to UFC. I don't think anyone's really that offended if he did go. Um Partly because, you know, it's Brock Lesnar and you'd expect that. So I feel that the logic is a bit backwards, especially when you have, like, the whole Triple H and Stephanie McMahon saying, oh, we signed Ronda Rousey because we want to fuck her over. It's like, well, you know, that doesn't really paint paint a great image of your company. Um, it's Yeah, there's just there's too many factors there that bend the logic too far for it. Uh, to they're being they think they're being clever, but it's not really actually that clever, and it just kind of exposes more the problems that there are actually with uh, this storyline and just the, the company as a whole. But regardless of all of that, um, I thought Heyman's promo, as always, was effective on Monday because that's what he does. Uh, I expect this to be a really physical match, and I like the fact that you've got two heavyweight championship matches that are going to be very different. I expect Nakamura and Styles to be physical, but, you know, this is the the big lads just fucking throwing lumps. Um, and I'll be curious to see how Lesnar approaches this. Um, 
because you know there have been times over the last year or two where he has fallen into that suplex city lull of just throwing a load of German suplexes um, and I don't think he's going to get to do that this time um, and you, he doesn't have the uniqueness of what was the Goldberg match last year because I don't think this is going to go you know like sub four minutes um, so yeah it, I am interested by this and I I only hope that they uh, grab a little bit of that magic that they had in the first match um, and then you know we have the third grand coronation of Roman Reigns and off to the races we go I guess on that note of kind of ugh, Roman again, I think it's time to uh, There's one, well, wrap one question. Up. One question we need yeah. to ask quickly for all four of us. What is the main yes. event? Roman Brock. Roman Brock. Ali I, versus I... Alexander. Oh yeah, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Thank you, Vince. Um, I I saw I don't think it'll come to anything I think there's a 0% chance of it I saw a lot of people a hubbub and and groundswell for people saying you know what should main event Charlotte and Asuka yeah I was thinking about that the other day actually and I was like I would actually love that it's it feels like a big match It, it it will be a good match at the very least and it wouldn't feel I, I I want them to do one of these milestones for the women where they don't announce it ahead of time. Just have them close and have it speak for itself. I would love, but of course they won't do that. They will tell you a year before the you know what they will do a Roxena style build where they'll tell you the women are closing next year, um, uh, uh, <laughs> if they ever do it. But but in reality, it's Brock Roman, and I'm fine with that. That match is going to be good, you know. So yeah. Indeed, but anyway, uh, or actually, Mark, what do what do you think is main eventing? Oh, Bludgeon Brothers. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. <laughs> Uh, we'll wrap it up for the grapple WrestleMania preview. Uh, I'd like to thank the lads for being on the show, Mark, of course, and uh, our guests, Jack and Barry. Uh, we'll be back in some manner of speaking uh, next week to do a review of the things we've seen. Uh, it's going to be a long, long week, uh, and I'm getting the, the LucasAid sport in. Uh, we shall talk to you all uh, at some stage down the road. Enjoy WrestleMania, everyone. <laughs>